Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, we praise you and we thank you for every opportunity that you give us to serve you even more than we have already. And we pray in Jesus' name that 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 blessing, that anointing that we so desperately need in order to continue our work, uh, it will be given to us. Um, Father, many of us are uh, going through different trials and tribulations, and indeed, we are all going through different dynamics and trials and tribulations that seem to be custom catered to each of our individual walks. Father, we praise you and we thank you for leading us to the places that you need us to move to, to go to, to and, and where we need to be in order to weather the storm that is approaching us so fast that um, our, we are unable to articulate it, really, quite frankly, and you know that, Father God. And so we seek you with all of our heart. We want more than anything to spend more time in the secret place of the Most High. Father, you know that the, the uh, noteworthy and su- major d- uh, changes that have occurred in my life that I've fought powerfully to get to, and I still have a journey. And I thank you for all of the prayers of the saints. And, I, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that all of us will continue to pray for one another. It is, as you know, very, very difficult to uh, undergo the dynamics that are occurring in the world today. Some people are more blessed financially than others. And that's okay. That's always going to be the case. And, Father, we just pray that our hearts will be full of the joy of your salvation, the opportunity that you have given each of us to be able to touch other people's lives through our generosity and love. And, Father, we pray that you will uh, ident- you help us through our prayer to identify and to uh, overcome the challenges that each one of us are presented, whether it be through a refiner's fire or chastening 
We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to help us, Lord Jesus. We pray that you will be in our presence continuously, that we can hand off to you through our petitions during our time in the secret place of the Most High. And our prayer closets are hopefully, well, maybe early in the morning for some of us, maybe late at night for others, maybe all day long for some of us that are just fantastically blessed. And, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to work with us, anoint us, and send down warrior angels in our on our behalf. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for anybody who is in the workplace in this desperately dark time. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will sign a platoon of warrior angels, Delta Force angels, indeed, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they would be assigned to each of these people who are working in the workplace today that is especially and exceedingly evil. And we pray, Father God, that those angels will ferret out all indirect attempts to, uh, to attack them or their family or those dynamic. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that those angels will make good eyes blind, good ears deaf, shut down all demonic portals, crush any demonic attempts to come against them. And, Father, we pray that your peace will fall upon those. Father, we ask you to forgive those who do not know what they do. And even, Father, please, through your abundant mercy, that you would even forgive those who maybe they do know what they do. Father, we pray that because we know that it disarms the, the demons of darkness, that they have no right, no legal right to remain there. And we we need that, Father God. We need those demons of darkness to be released. We, we pray in the name of Jesus that will impress upon our hearts those whom we need to pray for, especially each morning. We don't always have insight to that, but through the presence of the Holy Spirit and speaking to us through that still small voice, oftentimes you will lead us to that place where we are touching people's lives in accordance with your holy will. And Father, we just thank you for your kind mercy and helping us to navigate the ambiguity and exceeding difficulty of the days that we live in right now, especially those of us who are sitting in a front row seat position and see the the um, the onslaught coming and see it coming at us very, very quickly. Father, I pray as, uh, that uh, the believers that are listening to this program will spend just a little bit more time, please, in the name of Jesus, uh, lifting me up before you, Father God, because of my work dynamics. As always, they seem to be the number one trigger target of Satan, and uh, indeed, they are continuing to, um, you know, the attacks are continuing to be worse and worse, as you know. And Father, I'll continue to lift um every single listener of this program up. I will continue, Father God, for those who even mention me by name in prayer, to, Father, seek you with all of my heart that they would receive a tenfold anointing upon their lives, divine protection over their jobs, and a supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit to be able to touch other people's lives as we continue this journey. Father, we hope that we, we hope and we pray that we are found worthy to escape all these things. Lord Jesus, we are asking you, please, to find us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth indeed. And, uh, and, 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 and allow us to stand before you at the wedding supper. We want to be there so bad we can't see straight. We'd really like to come home right now, but we understand what our duties are. We are, we are trying our very best through our prayer and our supplication before your throne and through your tender mercies, Father, to continue the journey in accordance with your holy will. Let us not grow tired of doing good because this pleases you, Father, and we understand that. And we pray for a divine uh, outpouring of your strength for those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be, they will mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And Father, if we have to renew our strength, we know that it means we probably lost it. 
And there are many of us who are so beleaguered, so utterly fatigued with um, with just trying to make ends meet, just trying to get up the next day, uh, dealing with sometimes three hours of sleep or less, really poor sleep, stress through the roof. Um, it, 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 this, the dynamics that are occurring across the world right now, Father, are like nothing I think the world has ever seen before in the history of the world. And I just pray your anointing and your abundant grace upon each person, pouring out your strength, pouring out your mercy, Father God, and helping us to navigate the days again that we are in right now. With your blessings and with the presence of your holy angels, we declare your fire, the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to swirl around about on all sides, our dwelling places, our lives. Father, we pray that the holy fire of God will vaporize all spiritual and earthly weapons in Jesus' name, vaporize all fiery darts in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that any entity of the darkness, worker of Hasatan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that they set their wills against us in the mighty name of Jesus, we decree the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn them into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. We decree the fire of God to vaporize all demonic contracts, all demonic agreements, and to burn into the pit any entity that was behind them, any spirit that would allow these entities in or through their territories. We declare this fire to be extensible and expand outward with the presence of our prayers and our declarations in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father God, for we need such in our walk on a daily basis. Let us operate under open heavens and the holy fire surround each one of our praises and prayers as they raise up through the spiritual realm, right past the demons of darkness. If we can speak in tongues, we pray that we speak in tongues ever so much more now than ever before because it cannot be seen by the demons and they cannot attempt to stop it. We declare your fire around our praise and our prayers. We thank you, Father God, for every day that we are able to live and continue to do your work in such a way that it would please you. And we thank you, Father, for extending especially um, special uh, assignments of angels for each of us, uh, particularly because we um, maybe perhaps uh, be because of our understanding of the things that are happening in the world um, may um, be in a place of a little bit of a, a wisdom advantage, knowledge advantage, and we are able to use the strength that you infuse up into our hearts uh, to touch other people's lives and to pray for the lost. In the mighty name of Jesus, and now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. We praise you, Father. Thank you for thinking of us, Father. Thank you for loving us, Father. We know things are busy in the throne room. We do. And we know that we're not the only pebble on the beach. There's billions of them. Help us, Father. We promise we will do everything we can to help you. We promise from the bottom of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech. Whoops, Friday night prayer virtual stuff, see? You could probably tell I'm a little bit tired from today. Hallelujah! All right, here we go.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, once again, I'm going to uh, beseech you as my fellow brothers and sisters uh, to lift me up, uh, if you would kindly so, uh, each morning and pray that um, I'm able to handle the workload that they've thrown at me. Um, You know, it, it just seems like it's the primary attack vector of Satan against me. Um, he knows, Satan, the evil one, knows that if he takes out my job that or me through um, attrition, you know, through health problems and stuff that are associated with the stress of my job, um, he knows it. I mean, he knows that's it. He takes out the whole ministry, all the people that we've touched over the – he knows his game over. He does. He's, he's – Satan is not stupid. And um, so anyway, um, you know, I appreciate all of you who lift me up in prayer and even mention me by name because I do spend time. Look, my knee is starting to get a little bit better. I'm making a little bit more progress, but that could be because my surgeon told me to get back on the 800 milligram ibuprofen two times a day. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not accustomed to these things, and I don't understand them. I don't know how to behave. He's telling me, my surgeon's telling me I got to do PT uh, special physical training things, uh, morning and night, but my job won't allow it. In fact, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> if I told you, if I told you, <laughs> if I told you, you wouldn't believe me and you wouldn't relate to it. And I understand that. I really, really, really do. I, you know, it's like sometimes people will say, well, what is it about your job that is so, and I'm like, you have to think of me as kind of like a criminal lawyer. There's a neat TV show. It's really clean. I believe it's a Netflix series, and it's called Lincoln Lawyer. And the guy gets assigned an entire, this lawyer friend of his, evidently, um, uh, you know, bequeathed his entire law firm and all of his cases to this guy, 
that they refer to as the Lincoln lawyer, and they call him the Lincoln lawyer because he drives around in a Lincoln, rushing from courtroom to courtroom to courtroom to courtroom with very little help, uh, very little preparation, and just gets thrown into these criminal cases and uh, somehow by a miracle uh, just, you know, pulls off miracles is what he does. But anyway, it's fascinating to watch it, and um, you can see how he this guy goes through fantastic stress because he, he's ill-prepared. He, he just simply does not have the time to prepare for the cases. So he's flying into the courtroom, you know, and it's kind of comical. And he's flying into the courtroom with his eyes ablazing, and he's like, he's not even sure why sometimes he, he's even in the courtroom or who he's defending when he walks into the courtroom, and he's getting rebuked by the judges. If you watch that program and you appreciate the total um, – chaos that this man is going through, particularly in the first couple of episodes of the first season. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. You'll have a much better understanding of the kinds of dynamics that, um, you know, I have to go through. It's just part of paying the price, I guess. Um, But anyway, I do appreciate your prayers. Um, I've been um, assigned uh, multiple projects. Uh, no one person can do them both at the same time. And then I was assigned another resource to help me, theoretically is the way it's supposed to work. Never mind, I have a third project that's screaming for me to do a report for them on top of the other two. And I tried to buy time, like my boss said. He said, try to push it out 40 days. And I'm like, so I do. And the, and the uh, project manager come, or the head guy comes back and he's like, oh, no, no, we can't wait that long. And <laughs> So basically that means i got to stay up till 11 o'clock at night and work on this report for this guy. You know, at the age of 61, that'll kill you. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just an awful, awful mess. And, um, you know, I just praise God that I, I am one of the blessed ones to have a job and to all that kind of stuff. And I'm just going to leave it at that as I uh, fade off into the land of talking Swahili and babbling strange Languages from other countries uh, out of my uh, <laughs> lack of sleep and everything else. I made the terrible mistake, ha ha ha, of uh, you know really wanting to get a good night's sleep last night because I can't take my Lunesta. It's you know my doctor gave it to me, but I found out that Lunesta just it, you form a dependency to it and you just can't get off it, and then you have to go through a period of like three weeks of sleep no sleep in order to get off it. And uh, I was warned that uh, by two people, and it, not so surprisingly, both of those people went through that hell. But ne- neither of them had to work. So even though they had to go through the hell to get off the Lunesta, they didn't work. Can you imagine going through that hell, <laughs> juggling three major projects? I mean, oh, just absolutely insane. So anyway, um, we'll see how it goes. But with your prayer, I think I'll overcome it. I have a little sticker on my laptop, thanks to Tatiana. Uh, and it says, uh, everything seems impossible until it's done. And I love it. And I look at it every single day. Everything seems impossible until it's done, which takes me. Excuse me, which takes me back to the story that I like to tell about the uh, the guys who accepted the contract to do <laughs> Mount Rushmore. But anyway, if you remember that, if you don't, I'm sorry. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for every single one of you. And I am praying. I am so happy that um, I'm seeing some progress. I pray it's real progress and not just uh, ibuprofen-induced progress. Um, but I have been feeling less pain, and I have been praying on my knees. Um, of course, on a you know 
very, very thick uh, memory foam pillow. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the ibuprofen or what it is, but it seems to be getting better. I hope it is. But I just, there's no way I can do the PT. And if I tell my surgeon that, he's going to flip out. So I, I don't know what to do, but I'll just keep on going. Praise God. But thank you for your prayers. And please pray for others, other people that are part of the listening audience that also have to work. Um, the people that are so anointed and blessed by our Father, how anointed are they that they don't have to work right now? And I just, I praise God for them because I believe in all, with all of my heart that those who are blessed by incomes and they don't have to work and you know, I just, uh, you know, I know that we're all subject to CBDCs and the digital ID. I get all that. But what a blessing right now in such a very deeply dark time when people more and more are finding themselves without a home, living out of their cars. I told you about this story about the person on Neighborhood who said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it finally happened to me. I'm officially living out of my van. There's more of those people out there. I think it's by the millions now across the United States. It's really horrible. And we never hear about that stuff because nobody's going to mention it. It's all part of the Antichrist, the filthy abomination. Think about this. Think about how real these words are from the Bible. The abomination of desolation. You know what? Let's look up. Let's let's do some proper Bible study that nobody ever, hardly hardly anybody ever does. And I'm guilty as charged until I get smarter, or have more. I don't know. Maybe God anointed me and made me say, "Hey, Johnny, you need to use the same methods when you write reports to study my word." So I say, "Define desolation." There it is. You're gonna love this. All right. So <laughs> a complete. Uh, I'm sorry, a state of complete emptiness or destruction, barrenness, bleakness, darkness, um, uh, you know, I can't even read that word. I don't even know what that is. Grimness, anguish, misery, loneliness, sadness, melancholy, gloominess, <laughs> misery. The Obama of complete emptiness and destruction. Wow. Like I said, I want a front row seat at the Lake of Fire when that... Anyway, I'm not even going to go there. I just don't have the energy to do it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you ready? All right. Kids, why can't a pig keep a secret? Because they're always squealing. (laughs) We have to make sure we don't squeal on anybody, right, kids? All right. Praise God. All right, kids, what happened when the teacher tied every kid's shoelaces together? They had a class trip. (laughs) The whole class trip at one time, didn't they? Ah! All right. Praise God. All right. One more, kids. Why did the Cyclops close his school? Because he only had one pupil. (laughs) Kids, come on. That's pretty good. Hey, hey, you guys, we're spanky tonight. Huh? I'm not. 
Okay, you'll have to tell me later. It, it, no, nothing's wrong, right? Everything's okay? Okay. Yeah, he's always stirring up stuff. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here's some verses to consider. I love the scripture very, very much and deeply so. The first one I have written onto a laminated card and is now in my pocket. It was given to me by a very kind person who is a listener of the program. And it says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will they will they themselves be refreshed. That is from the NLT version, Proverbs 11:25, and I do believe with all of my heart and spirit that the NLT nailed it and knocked it out of the park. When you read it in the King James or New King James, it just doesn't it's not it doesn't ring true like that. This one here is absolutely a perfect translation in my in my personal opinion and a very strong opinion indeed. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Praise God. All right, Galatians 6, 9. Listen to this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Boy, do I need that one. (laughs) Hallelujah. Right, kids? I need that one. That one's for me. If we do not give up. If we don't grab our heart, flop on the ground, and totally pass out for like three days straight. (laughs) Praise Jesus. All right, and then the next one is Mark 11, 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Mark eleven twenty five. Then it goes on to say, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Remember the testimony of the lady on Sid Roth who was sent to hell, and she said there was gazillions of Christians. She said untold number of, I don't remember, she didn't give a specific number, but she said the number one reason she saw bunches of Christians in in hell, and she was very troubled by that, and she said the number one reason was failure to forgive. This is why we have to search our hearts, we have to feel in our spirit and in our hearts and pray that our Father reveals or we sense through the presence of the Spirit times or things that have happened to us in our past, especially things like rape and really, really super-duper bad stuff that we have a grudge over, you know, that we feel really, you know, we ought to be forgiving and forgetting. And I'll tell you what, I've noticed now, granted, I've been praying for these people for years, But as William Law, Reverend William Law, had said, nothing will make you love a man more than praying for them. So it's vitally, and indeed, more vital than you could ever imagine, important to identify those who have bothered you, irritated you, upset you, whatever the case is, and put them at the very tippity-top of your prayer list. And Just imagine them being in hell. You know, I might have to go and get the YouTube video of 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Weiss and actually play it on the show Um, just to make sure that all the listeners of the program have heard it once. Now, it is not one of my favorite things. I don't like to hear it. I kind of like felt in my spirit that I never wanted to hear it again after I did. 
But I can't, you know, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't force it to drink. And I can imagine that many people, if they were to start hearing it, would want to flip this off button. Now, Sister Terry Hill has actually met Bill Weiss in person. Um, clearly, he was in the worst part of hell, I imagine. Um, and what he saw and experienced, uh, you know, saw experientially, I should say, you don't even want to repeat it, and you definitely don't want to hear it a second time. Um, it, it, it will definitely keep you up at night. So, again, William Law, Reverend William Law, had said, nothing will make you love a man more than praying for them. So why not just take anyone who's ever hurt you in your entire life, anyone who's ever done your family wrong or a member of your family or any of the children or grandchildren in your family or whatever the case is that you might have negative feelings about, and put them at the tippity top of your prayer list. Pray for them first every single morning because we are not from here. We are not from planet Earth, believe it or not. We're not. We were sent to Earth to die like men. It's in Psalm 82. This is why John, uh, Jesus said in John 10:34, when he was being accused of claiming he was the Son of God and all that kind of stuff, he just looked over at those the accusers and he said, hey, have I not said in your law that ye are gods, little g gods? Well, that that's pointing to Psalm 82. And after the judgment, uh, you know, God judges amongst the mighty. Our, our God, you know, uh, stands amongst the mighty. He judges amongst the gods, the little g gods. And then later he says, have I not said that ye are all children of the Most High? Sons of God. Sons of God. But ye shall die like men. Well, how do little g gods die like men? Do you feel like a god right now? Are you suddenly given the powers of an X-Man? Can you hold out your hand and gigantic uh, rays of fire shoot out of your hand and decimate and vaporize all of your enemies? I submit not. Do you have, in your current body, do you have eternal life? Now, don't go spiritual on me. I'm asking you a blunt question regarding the human body. And the answer is no. A minor god, on the other hand, would already be in the eternal entity it would not have it, it would it, it one, once our heavenly father creates uh, you know a son of god which is and you know in, in that dynamic at that point in time those sons of god they live forever which is what we're going to be restored to okay through the blood of jesus and through our belief and through our commitment to him we're going to be restored we're going to be like jesus light beings beings of light and love that's awesome. Nothing is better than that. All this yucky stuff that we're having to deal with right now, and I do mean just awful, it's going to be so worth it. I know it's hard to believe right now, but it is. It really, really, really is. And I just, uh, I don't know. I just want to help everybody that I can. I mean, seeing as how I came this far, and I'm barely standing, <laughs> um, you know, I figure I might as well, you know, Put a full effort forth and see if I can make it, you know, to the end without uh, dropping dead. <laughs> right? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And let me go ahead and read a couple of prophecies to you. They're starting to get good again. Hallelujah. Here we go. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. This again is from Glenda Linkus at Wings of Prophecy. My children, do not fear so, 
as you walk in this time, for I shall supply all you need. And I'm thinking of somebody right now, her first name starts with a B, and I pray in Jesus' name she's listening, whether live or through a podcast. She's talked to me. It says, you are troubled about many things. You need only know me as your provider, and all will be well. As you walk deeper into this time of sorrows, I lean on that extra hard, time of sorrows. Remember Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, he said, you know, all these things will happen when you see this and that and the other thing going on. He goes, but, you know, don't, you know, don't be dismayed. Don't, you know, you are entering into the beginning of sorrows. Well, guess what? In Amos 3, 7, it says, and I'll pull it up here real quick so I don't uh, just do it from memory and paraphrase it, and then, you know, it troubles people. I don't mean to do that. It's just I have to paraphrase sometimes because I can't perfectly remember every single scripture and every single translation, et cetera, et cetera. It's just superhuman, and I'm not superhuman. I'm just, a, you know, just some guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt in Tampa, Florida, man, because it's like incredibly odd down here. Okay, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. There are people who are in the office of a prophet, and that's all they do. They prophesy, 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 prophesy. Linda Linkus is, I'm sorry, Lomax, is one of those. Wings of Prophecy. She's in the office of the prophet. She does it all the time. I've had people tell me things like, well, if somebody's prophesying every single day, that doesn't seem right to me. And yeah, blah, 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 and all kind of stuff. And I'm like... Man, oh, nobody gets judged not to e be judged. We are the most finger-wagging, ah, goodness gracious, if, oh, Lord Jesus, help us all. But anyway, um, as you walk deeper into this time of sorrows, hallelujah, so we are now in the sorrows period, praise you, Jesus, I will be your helper. As you focus on only me and not the troubles around you, I will grant you the peace that passes all understanding. As you place your faith in me and are rewarded with all you need, you will develop courage. I am all you need, children. If your faith is strong in me, ask and you shall receive. That's pretty cool. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, there's another one from uh, Wings of Prophecy, and it's also super-duper powerful, and I'm going to read this one to you. It's called Complete Dependence, and I've talked about this a gazillion times. I don't know how many times, it, but it has been a major repeating theme during the beginning of many, many programs to help people to understand, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a whole bunch of you do, maybe gazillions of you do. I don't know how, you know, I just don't know these things. I'm operating purely, you know, in a void kind of. Okay, so anyway, it says uh, complete dependence. So I talk all the time about the fact that I believe that God is ripping everything out of our hands, destroying, allowing marriages to be separated. You, you know, <laughs> the problem here is God is getting ready to see, he's getting ready. This is the rapture coming up. This is the barley harvest coming. When, you know, God separates the sheep from the goats. In fact, in Ezekiel 34:17, if you have the right translation, I recommend the New King James in this case. It says, our Heavenly Father God will separate the sheep from the sheep. Now, what does that mean? It means the wise virgins from the foolish virgins. 
why that is. Could it be that some of the foolish virgins would hold back or cause great harm to those who he intends to marry him at the marriage supper? Could it be that our Heavenly Father is separating the sheep from the sheep for a really, 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 really good reason? I'm going to tell you, folks, I think so. Now, you have to understand, I'm privy to a lot of very personal information in this role. I get communications from all over the world about marriages breaking up, God separating people like crazy, all the horrors and the tears and the troubles and the children that need to be taken care of and the jobs that are needed to replace because the husband has gone awry and has turned evil and satanic. And, oh, my goodness gracious, I mean, I get an earful. Let me tell you something. And I, I praise God for it because it puts me on holy ground. And it gives me an opportunity to bless. It gives me an opportunity to coach. It gives me an opportunity to pray for that individual. And that that is holy ground. God would not put you in a place and give you somebody to pray for if you were not prepared to do so. Why would he do that? Why would he even allow that? Of course he wouldn't allow that. So whenever we are put in a place where somebody is asking us for prayer, you're on holy ground, and God gave you that mission. Praise his name. All right, so anyway, we are definitely having everything stripped out of our hands, and we're and, and it's because God wants us to have total dependency on him. How do you think what do you what do you think ripples through my mind when I see people getting thrown in jail for things that we talk about all the time on this show? You know what I mean? But then I keep on remembering the time that I was on my knees in the beginning of the radio program and there was let's just say there was uh a period of separation occurring. I'm not going to mention any names, but there were three individuals involved, and uh, the attack was exceedingly severe against me. And um, I was certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that I was going to be homeless. I believed that I would be homeless because my family is in no, no position to adopt me. You know, there's not, there's no worse of a curse. Okay, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't call it a curse, so Father, forgive me for saying that. There is no worse of a um, plight and challenge than being born 20 years after your sisters because you get to watch everybody die. You know, I, I, I have people telling me, oh, my parents are, you know, about to die or, you know, and they're, and they're going through stuff. And I get it. I do. I feel for them. And I empathize with them. I watched my parents die decades ago. And now my very own sisters are about to pass. They're both approaching 80 at light speed. My sister Bala will be 80 in October. So it's a very... You know, all that, when, when a person loses their family, when a per, I'm sorry, let me clarify. When a person loses a primary parent, particularly one who has historically provided for them and rescued them financially as they were growing up and going through their various trials and tribulations through growth, when that providing parent passes on, it makes the child feel desperate in their heart. It's not that they it's not just that they miss their parent. It's not just that. It's also the absence of having anyone that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt will help you. When that's ripped out of your hands, 
folks, you cannot believe the feeling that comes with it. There's probably very, very, very few out there that understand it. And you may be dealing with, you know, parents that are waning in health and all that kind of stuff. And I understand. I, 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 my empathy, I'm like a, I'm an emotional sponge. I promise you that's true. And I empathize. I feel very deeply. But on the flip side of that, 20 years, you know, younger than everybody. I mean, if once, you know, so anyway, I pray that we all go home real soon. I really do. I pray fervently. I ask the Father every single day if it's at all possible. And I, you know what? Qu- quite honestly, from what I can tell just by looking at the things that are happening across the world right now and this whole 2030 reset agenda, folks, I'll tell you something. I would be, and I may be, I may be, I know that, I may be astonished to the point of utter stupefaction and literally, I don't know. I don't know what will happen to me. I'm pretty sure I'll have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> okay? Now, I know that Jesus will pull me out of it. I, I get all that. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm pretty – I would like to believe with all of my heart that our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ will rescue us before the onslaught. And the onslaught is so imminent, so utterly imminent, that it's it's heartbreaking because the our brothers and sisters who are unaware of it and are believing with all of their heart that Trump is going to come back and save the world and the whole you know they're thinking very myopically they're looking at the United States they believe the United States is blessed because we support Israel never mind that Biden gave over 20 Obama I'm sorry Obama gave something to the tune of uh 10 billion and another 20 billion to Iran why would they do that clandestinely behind the scenes because they want Iran to kill, to wipe out Israel. Don't you get it? So when Israel feels deserted by the United States, what are they going to do? They're going to strike. They're going to strike on their own, just like they did with Stuxnet, except it was called Olympic Games. They felt that the CIA and all the three-letter agencies weren't developing the code fast enough, and they just said, the heck with it. We're not waiting for you no more, and the Mossad took it. And we and released it against the uh, Ford Al facility to, against the centrifuges. They went and gave it to uh, the cleaning crew, little USB sticks, and had them put them put them inside the uh, PLC controllers into the computers because they had air gapped it. It wasn't connected to the internet. They couldn't break in any other way. Israel doesn't wait that long. Is when Israel really feels threatened, they attack. They don't care what anybody else says. They attack just like they did with Saddam Hussein's reactor. Nobody saw that coming. So anyway, um, let's go back to the complete dependence from Sister uh, Glinda Lomax. Praise God for Wings of Prophecy and just pray for her, lift her up. Um, my children are not trusting me to provide for them in what is coming. Instead, they fret that they will ha- not have enough. Children, where is your faith in me? Am I not the mighty Jehovah who parted the Red Sea long ago? Did I not raise my own son Jesus from the dead? Did he not in my mighty power raise others from the dead when he walked among you? How is it you do not believe I can feed you in times of lack? How is it that you do not believe that I can shelter you and provide all your needs? 
In this coming season, I am taking many of my untrusting children into times of lack that you may learn to rely on me. Only by experiencing complete dependence on me can you learn to see me as your sole provider. This is necessary that you will remain. I'm sorry. This is necessary that you, listen very carefully, please, in the name of Jesus, I pray, that you get out the the Q-tips right now and clean the wax out of your ears. Wake up! Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to read this last sentence of this prophecy. This is very powerful, very, very, very powerful. And I pick up on these nuances like a magnet. Thank you, Father. It says, this is necessary that you who will remain on the earth may survive what is coming. Did you get that? I pray in the name of Jesus that you got it. Because a whole lot, a 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 lot, but people are not going to make the barley harvest. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener of this program has heard me beat the drum over and over again for years, and you understand what my focus is. I look at the threats. I'm looking at the threats to the kingdom of God. I'm looking at the threats to the saints. And the number one threat to the saints is not being ready for the barley harvest, because you do not want to be part of this group that this prophecy is talking about. You want to be part of the first group of servants in Matthew 22. And let God send out other servants. Wise. Virgins. Shelter us. There you go. So, Sister B, I won't say your name. There you go. There's your shelter. I like that, too. Shelter you. Praise God for that. Thank you, Father. In this coming system, I, uh, season, I am taking many of my untrusting children into times of lack that they may learn to rely on me. I praise God that um, even though my job is, you know, hell on earth, it allows, you know, it, it, it's, I'm in kind of like a, a time of lack in a sense. I think a lot of us are. We really are. God has put us in a place where we have very little or very, you know, nothing – we can't depend on anybody. Everybody's dead or whatever. You know what I'm saying? There's just no place to go except for our Father. We have to trust Him. You know? And that's a good place to be. And I never finished that testimony. So I was under attack from three different people. It was extremely severe. And I was on my knees. I've thought, said it before. You may have heard it. I was on my knees where I pray on my prayer chair. And I was bawling like a baby. Just gushing tears, heaving, heaving, crying. And um, crying out to God because I was certain that I was doomed. I, I, I knew that I was going to lose my job. I knew that all this stuff was going to happen. I just knew it. I won't get into all the details of the attacks and the dynamics that put me in that place. But I cried out to God and I was just so distraught. Well, anyway, I got up and tears were just rolling down my face. Was my eyes were all puffy, and I was—I had to go to work. And I walked, you know, out of my bedroom where, you know, I pray uh, on my knees on my little prayer chair, which is basically a recliner with a foam pillow that I can kneel on. And I walked over. I was walking to the office. Like I said, eyes all puffy, my whole face absolutely covered in tears, so wet. I'm like a little kid that got beat up on at the playground, you know, sniffing and, you know. And I open up the door of my bedroom to go into my office to start my day job. 
And as my foot moved from my bedroom into the hall, literally as the leg was swinging over the door jam area, I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, and it was chilling, it was chilling, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Now, you know, maybe you can't relate, okay? And I can totally dig that. But when it ha- if it were to happen to you, it's a very chilling experience. It was a rebuke. It was a correction. And it was a warning. Do you know who I am? Essentially, our Heavenly Father was telling me, who was on my knees, oftentimes from anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours every single morning. No, 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 no. No, no, I take that back. 45 minutes to an hour every single morning. Taking communion, praying for the lost, the whole deal every single morning. And, I, and I'd been doing it for years. And God said to me, do you know who I am? The reason he said that was because I was boo-hooing because obviously I didn't trust God. I didn't know who my father was. I didn't realize that he would div- he's my divine protector. I didn't put my full dependence upon him. I sat there in the flesh and I cried and cried and cried like a big fat baby because I was afraid in the flesh. And he warned me. And that's why I'm here tonight. Even while there's many people being thrown into jail for doing whatever, you know, less. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's five minutes to eight. We got about 20 minutes before we're going to bring on uh, Reverend Tracy Shellman, uh, Sister Tracy Shellman. Uh, and uh, praise God. And uh, um, she's both and all in one. And a personal friend of mine, praise Jesus. Um, and I did promise that I was going to play the Men in Black testimony. Unfortunately, it's 15 full minutes long, and I don't have the time. So that makes me a dirty fibber, and I apologize. I did not. I do not mean. So please forgive me. Um, maybe I can do it at the very beginning of the next program, which would be this coming Sunday. But I would have to make sure. So I'm going to go ahead and highlight the tit- title of this because I d- really, really did not intend. As you know, uh, to you know, not have the time. All right, praise God. But I also didn't intend to get some really, really important um, prophetic words that needed to be shared either. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and so be encouraged because we have entered in a time, into a time where the acceleration is unbelievable. It's, it's so anyway. Buckle up. Be praying. Put those who have done you wrong at the top of your prayer list. Seek God with all of your heart. Spend more time in the secret place of the Most High. Don't forget to pray for me. I will pray for you. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Praise Jesus. All right, so it turns out that one of the coworkers that I'm working with right now went to Harvard. And when he was at Harvard, everybody was all abuzz at the uh, Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Scientists. Turns out that this John A. Paulson fellow 
um, is a specialist in nanoscale systems. In fact, Professor David C. Bell is the director of the Center of Nanoscale Systems. Turns out that my fellow coworker was way back when he was in school, had this guy as one of his professors, and they were all so excited about this cool new uh, product that they discovered called called graphene oxide. How about that? Graphene oxide. Yeah. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm going to play this for you because it's really, really important. I don't know if I'll play the whole thing, but let's go ahead and listen to this. This is so important. So you wonder why our Heavenly Father talks to us about fasting? Well, that wonder is about to go away real fast, pun intended. Here we go. Fasting, what's yeah. That? So autophagy fasting is about 17 hours in without without food, your cells will turn within and they'll start to heal themselves. And that was what Dr. Osumi's big uh, discovery was, is that the cells clean themselves up. So what's interesting on this one, and this is something I really want to get out to the world, is that when you stimulate autophagy, what you're doing is you're turning on the intelligence inside the cell and that intelligence is looking around and it's going, hey, there's a virus. There's a bacteria. Get them out. So let's push these infections out of the cells. That mitochondria, it's not working well. We need to repair it. That endoplasmic reticulum inside here, it's, it's lagging. We need to fix it. So it literally goes in and fixes everything inside the cell just at 17 hours. But one of the greatest studies that was I've seen in fasting was done during COVID. And it showed that if a virus comes into a cell that's in a state of autophagy, it can't replicate. Viruses have to live off of your energy system. So when viruses go into a cell that's laden with glucose, they have a party in there. They love that. They munch on that, and then they go out and they start replicating. If you were in a fasted state when a virus comes in, it can't replicate. There's nothing inside that cell for that virus to take over, and it dies. How about that? That that actually supports the testimony of the uh, man who uh, came forward on the Internet and said that he had stage four lung cancer and fasted on a water fast for 40 full days and it was completely cured. Wow. So there's a lot more. See, you know, the mysteries of the Bible are amazing, and God is revealing all these things to us. And it's just, it's just fabulous, just fabulous. And don't even get me going on fenbendazole because that's, that's all the rave right now. Everybody's hearing about that. And uh, the guy who originally found out about it, he just went and got, you know, the stuff from like Tractor Supply or, you know, PetMeds.com or whatever. And he just, uh, you know, I just, in fact, I found, believe it or not, one pound bags of powdered fenbendazole that you can actually take out of it and mix into like yogurt and eat it in the morning and at, and at night, et cetera. But, the, you know, the guys were saying, hey, look, you know, the, the testimonies were coming from people who were already dead. Their prognosis was, you're going to die in two weeks, go home and die. So they figured, what the heck? What the heck? I'll just eat as much of this stuff as I want. I'm going to die anyway. And then they were cured. That's just amazing. Now, this next uh, snippet makes me feel very, very, very sad. This is Dr. Berg, B-E-R-G, and many of us who are um, 
health enthusiasts, in other words, we don't want to get on metaphorin and uh, I can't even think of the name, opremazole or whatever it's called, you know, to treat type 2 diabetes and all that weirdness. I I don't want anything to do with those poisons. So I'm taking matters into my own hands, and I love Dr. Berg. I love holistic medicine. I love herbal supplements, and I'm doing fabulously on my less than 20 gram of carb Atkins phase 1 diet. Okay, um, combined with a 16 by 8 intermittent fasting. Now, you know, doesn't mean that I'm always going to have a good night's sleep, but I am trying to reduce my cortisol level, which will stomp on, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. If you if you want to reduce your cortisol level, you got to take tribulus, ashwagandha, maca, and fenugreek, and dim, D-I-M, every morning. Tribulus, they have a combination, ashwagandha, maca, and fenugreek. Uh, it's com- combined into one. And then DIM, D-I-M. Don't ask me to pronounce it. Take those three things, and it will reduce the cortisol level in your body. Cortisol is created by stress. Cortisol crushes your normal body's hormonal ability to do what it needs to do. It is the arch enemy of health, cortisol. Letting you know. And because of the way that they've poisoned us, especially here in America, um, yeah, we're, you know, we need all the help we can get. But anyway, here's Dr. Berg doing his little spiel. He has a piece of tape over his mouth, and I'll just go ahead and play a little bit of this. Um, makes me sad, but anyway, these are the days that we live in right now. We're in the sorrows period. Well, it's official. YouTube has just now banned anything related to health that doesn't align with the general medical consensus. So if any information related to health doesn't agree with the World Health Organization, they won't necessarily always take down the the video, but they're gonna change the algorithms. So they're gonna replace those videos that were popular, that had lots of likes and lots of engagement with medical information. This new partnership with YouTube is supposed to protect you against misinformation and promote high quality health information. And their definition of misinformation is anything that opposes their viewpoint. All right. So any of you out there who are Dr. Berg fans, um, it's a bummer. Um, All I can say is that I learned more about what I'm doing in my diet from him. Now, don't get me wrong. I have done, uh, I've lost uh, 300, I've lost over 150 pounds three times in my life. That's because I have a genetic proclivity to gain fantastic amounts of weight without even trying. When I was in 10th grade, I was 350 pounds. The summer between 10th and 11th grade, I lost it all. From I was riding bike all day long. I ate a banana and a glass of milk in the morning, and I'd just take off and ride bike all day long. I dropped it all. I was thin and a new person. Nobody, no, When I went back to Lower Dauphin High School in Homestown, Pennsylvania, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew who I was. Girls were whistling at me. I was the new kid on the block. I'd never experienced anything like that. (sighs) 
not going to go through my whole life story. But anyway, praise God. Next one up is really, really fascinating. I'm just going to go ahead and share this with you. Let's go ahead and bring it up right now. All right. Glory to God. You're not going to believe this. This is amazing. All right. Here we go. This doesn't give you an impression how close we are. Nothing will. You can quit building the wall. Mexico is paying to build a wall. Uh, Did you hear about that? You know why? Why is that? They're going to go back. <laughs> trying to go back? Mexico. Get ready for a collapse. You know, in the dollar. So they think a lot of people are going to start. Trying to go back? Yeah. So now Mexico wants to hold everybody back. <laughs> Okay, so you may not have, over the um, construction equipment, it may have been difficult to hear what the man was saying, but he was a foreman for a crew doing some work in Mexico. Turns out that Mexico is funding the building of a border wall on the southern border of the United States. The reason why Mexico is building the wall, as he said, was because the Mexican government believes with all of their heart that the United States is going to collapse and all the people that, you know, crossed over the border, you know, on the buses, you know, the gazillions of buses being launched from Panama with Venezuelans, et cetera. I'm not picking on anybody. Um, it, that ain't about me. I'm not from here. I don't live on this earth. I'm, you know, I'm stuck here for now like you are, but we're leaving. We're sojourners. But anyway, isn't it fascinating that now Mexico is building a border wall because they want to stop all the illegal immigrants that moved into the United States from rushing out of the United States when it collapses. Think about that. Let's continue with the rest of the news, and we're running out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And as we move through... The Russian Ministry of Defense says that the United States has equipped drones with mosquitoes with all manner of infectious diseases and deadly diseases. And we know about that. They have, this is uh, kind of old news for a lot of us. Uh, and I know I've reported it before, but I did want to repeat it again because it's making its rounds once again across social media. Uh, people are, are, well, they're awakening and they're, they're discovering these things and they're going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know. Kind of like when I discovered that the uh, World Trade Centers were brought down by controlled demo demolition. Anyway, next one up. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. According to Politico, Blinken says that the United States, uh, U.S., Russia will continue talks on the Ukraine crisis. And he goes on to explain that the United States plans to present Russia next week with a written record of its concerns about Moscow's behavior and proposals aimed at resolving the security crisis. Blah, blah, blah. Lie, 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 lie. And that's all it is. It's just a big, fat, antichrist lie from the bowels of Sheol. But we all know that, don't we? We do, don't we? You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. 
All right, praise God. Turkey is under heavy uh, uh, directed energy weapon attacks right now. And um, the United States, we know that the United States is behind it. You know why? Because Biden and his convalescent uh, marionette state, while Obama's wiggling the strings from the darkness of the pit, uh, admitted it. And I'm going to play this again because it's so relevant. Let's hear it again. I want to reiterate that appreciation today. I also convened my entire cabinet as part of a whole of government response. And that response is to increase the number and intensity of the extreme weather events and be wary we're going to be use all the resources available to the government to do it. I want to re- Okay. So you heard it from the convalescent pants pooping puppet shape-shifting reptilian puppet wearing a mask that Obama, the Antichrist, is manipulating. All right, anyway, wildfires in 15-minute cities. Wait until you hear the research that this lady did. Oh, my. Here we go. Double-clicking again. Here we go. Stand by. Look at some of the fires that's going on. Pay attention. These are all the fires that's going on right now in America. We're going to go through a lot of these, and I'm going to show you what's going on in these states and why there's fires. In Texas, there's a fire around this area, which is close to Austin. Live from Austin, Texas, the Smart City Challenge. There's fires in Washington. Lawmakers from Washington State push for a Smart City Bill in Congress. What's outside of Phoenix, Arizona? Scottsdale. City of Scottsdale, Smart City Strategic Roadmap. Wildfires in New Jersey, New Jersey Smart Cities Working Group. Fires in New Mexico, Smart City Planned in New Mexico. Wildfires near Portland, Oregon, Smart Cities Planned for Portland, Oregon. Wildfires in Florida, Smart City Initiatives for Orlando. Wildfires in Mississippi, Smart Cities Planned for Mississippi. And this isn't just happening in America. There's fires in Greece, Smart Cities Planned for Greece. Y'all, I could have gone on and on with this, but I think you see the pattern. All right. How about them apples, my mom used to say. (laughs) Praise God. All right. Uh, Let me go ahead and clear a little bit of this up. Uh, I want to let you know that North Korea is sending up to 500,000 troops to assist Russia and also for training exercises. So they are partnering very intimately with Russia. Kim Jong-un to meet with Putin and North Korea and is sending 300,000 to 500,000 soldiers to help Russia. All I got to say is... Another headline reads, 30% of Democrats in a year and a half ago believe that children should be taken away from unvaccinated parents. 50% of Democrats believed that unv- the unvaccinated should be sent to prison camps. Folks. 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 Is there anybody out there? Is this mic on? Hello? (laughs) Right? Next headline up. Traffic jam in the drought-stricken Panama Canal may affect global food chains. Many of the biggest chain issues, uh, chain supply issues from the peak of the pandemic are now behind us, but a snarl at the Panama Canal is providing a new test for the global supply chains. 
they say that, uh, you know, water level's too low, blah, blah, blah. Of course, they're going to blame it on whatever. All right, praise God. Listen to this. This is on CBS News. A U.S. general is talking to the CBS News anchor about something. Let's listen in. Praise Jesus. It's getting interesting, isn't it? Well, it's always interesting. Listen to this. On the TV screens, these are unclassified because we're here. Track the painful progress of the offensive. It looks like the Ukrainians, the yellow, have cut a pretty good wedge out of the uh, the Russian lines. That's true, yeah. What physically is that that they've had to get through? Well, it's minefields. It's trenches, it's ditches, it's small 10, 12-man hunter-killer teams armed with anti-tank munitions. What other defenses are they going to encounter if they make it through those? Those orange lines you see there are Russian trench lines. And in between those orange lines, which you don't see, are minefields and tank ditches and what's called dragon's teeth, barbed wire, that sort of thing. This is a multi-layered Russian defense in depth. The U.S. advertises the $44 billion in military equipment it has committed to Ukraine, but says very little about the equally valuable intelligence. All right, so he goes on to explain how we're... Basically, I'd like to be able to take the time to play the whole thing for you, but I'll just fill, you, fill in the blanks. And you can already guess it. He basically said that, yeah, you know, in so many words, he kind of like, um, you know, dodged the actual question and impl- and and he came. He, he said he said what he needed to say. He basically said that the United States is behind it. We're providing them all all the support that they need. We're providing them everything. We're giving them intelligence. We're giving them all this stuff. You know, we're behind them 100 percent. We're training them and giving them armaments, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he's, you know, kind of stopped shy, barely by, uh, you know, a millimeter uh, or, or, you know, whatever. Um, But of saying that we're actually in there doing the fight ourselves. But but what they don't talk about is there's Polish troops in there. There's massive numbers of mercenaries from other countries. You know, we... Anyway, I'm not going to get into all of it. Uh, hopefully that you hopefully you listen to Colonel Douglas McGregor on a regular basis. Uh, uh, also uh, to uh, Scott Ritter because you'll get the full story. And they're, they're you know all they're doing is when when the Ukrainians break through the first line of defense, it's a killing field. They allow them to funnel in like a bunch of cockroaches after a chunk of food on the floor, and they let them funnel in because they're going like woohoo. We broke through the first line of defense. Yahoo! And they go charging on in. And then they're like, oh. Because they see a gazillion Russian forces pointing weapons at them. And then they just wipe them all out. <laughs> it's a typical standard military strategy. It's, uh, but anyway. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to this. This was played on Fox News. Talk about getting close to... Hmm, a really evil time on the earth. Let us not be missing that barley harvest. Praise Jesus. Here we go. Listen to this. I mean, this is the most glaring example we've ever seen from a problem. Um, by the way, i got to let you know, this is Greta Van Susteren on Fox News, all right? So let's listen to this again. Well, it's about control, isn't it? I mean, this is the most glaring example we've ever seen from a prominent world leader. Von der Leyen is the president of the European Commission, 450 million people living within that union. Oh, and by the way, she's unelected, she's appointed, and here she is brazenly saying, 
we need a digital ID card or app on our phones. Now, bear in mind, France and Germany are trying this already. The European Union, she wants this to be enforced by the early 2030s and, may I add, backed up by a central bank digital currency living in a cashless society. And now she wants the whole thing to go global. Can you imagine? On this ID card will be not just your date of birth, your gender, your eye color, your height, your approximate weight. There will be your vaccine status, your financial status, and goodness knows what else will be on that card. Can you imagine this data falling into the hands of bad actors? And if you think about it, That's and, and I speak to somebody, I speak to somebody who's recently been debanked as a result of his political opinions, and this is happening in America too, as you well know, to lots of people. If we're not careful, we head towards a Chinese-style social credit system. All right, I'm going to stop there. I said greater Van Tessler, and it's not. It's Laura Ingram. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up, praise God. Here we go. G20 announces a plan to impose digital currencies and IDs worldwide. And by the way, there is already a plan to hijack, as I've told people many times before, the cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, which have a way of dodging past the International Bank of Settlements. They're getting ready to completely, um, what would you call it, hijack it and take over, take it over. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, I'm looking at the time. Uh, uh my sister Tracy, please hang in there for me. I want to see if I can hammer my way through a few more of these. Um, remember, if we hit the 8:30 mark, you still have an hour and a half. Okay, praise God. And I, I you know, as you know, I texted you and warned you that we'd probably run over a little bit. I wanted to go ahead and play this a little bit. It's only 40, 49 seconds long. It is uh, redacted, talking to Tucker Carlson. It's just absolutely fascinating. Let's listen to this. Offended by craziness, not offended by conspiracy. If, if you go on TV tonight and say, I think the earth is flat, people will just laugh at you. They don't care if you think the earth is flat. It's not a threat to anyone. But if you say, like, what, what actually happened with Building 7? Like, that is weird, right? It doesn't, like, what right, is that? Right. If you were to say something like that on television, they'd flip out. They would flip out. You'd, like, lose your job over that. Why? Why? It's my country. Right. It's an attack on my country. Can I ask it? Like, I don't really understand. Do buildings actually collapse? No, they, maybe they do. I don't know. But like, why can't I ask questions about that? Anything you're not allowed to ask questions about is something you should be asking more questions about. I praise God. All right, next one up. State signing executive orders to build FEMA camps for the pandemic. Oh, my, my, oh, my, oh, my. Here we go. Let's listen to this. I live in Tennessee, and this was recently signed by our governor. Executive Order 83. Discretion to utilize National Guard and State Guard members in connection with certain health care and emergency service operations. The next problem is right here in Section 18, temporary quarantine and isolation facilities to be constructed. And to top that off, we have inspections of healthcare facilities suspended. You want to explain to us why you're going to let the National Guard come in, have temporary, temporary facilities built for quarantining, and there will be no inspections of those health facilities. 
It's a wonderful time to be alive, right? <laughs> if your brain is fried, yeah. No, um, praise God. Thank you, Father God, for enabling us through your strength, your mercy, your grace, your power. Father, infuse us with it and keep us keep keep our heads cool. Father, give us Nepho level-headedness in these days. Praise you, Jesus. All right, now I got another uh, little deal here where there was an there was an alien attack on an Argentine naval naval base, um, and really all you would hear is you know of a uh, of uh, machine guns while this attack is going on, and then I could read you the actual Spanish uh, Argentine. Um, proclamation from the government that, oh, no, 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 there was nothing to see here, nothing to see here kind of thing, you know, so I'm not going to go there. But, yeah, down in South America, they get pummeled with uh, alien events. As a matter of fact, there's a person by the name of Andrea Simondini, S-I-M-O-N-D-I-N-I, Andrea Simondini, S-I-M-O-N-D-I-N-I. Now, if you have any intent of following this person on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, please don't write me and say, can you please go find out the spelling of that person for me? The reason why this show can be rewound is so you can go back and hear me say for the umpteenth time, thank you, Jesus, Andrea, S-I-M-O-N-D-I-N-I. Write it down. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So anyway, Homeland Security. Listen to this. This is from Leo Homan, who's really, really, really well known and has, you know, he has jumped, skyrocketed in popularity since he wrote that paper, that white paper, that article about the um, destruction of the um, the gas pipeline, who was behind it. And that now all of a sudden he's like 10 times more popular than he used to be. Well, listen to this. He just uh, exclusive. I'm going to give you the title exclusive Homeland Security awards $20 million in grants to police, mental health networks, universities, churches, school districts to help identify Americans as potential extremists. Wow. All right, next one up, October 4th is trending online. Here's why some people are planning to turn off their phones that day. They're going to use a special built into your phone, emergency alert. Supposedly it's going to be a test, FEMA and the FCC, and it's going, it won't be a normal Amber Alert where you can turn those things off. This one's going to break through no matter what. So no matter where you are, who you are, what brand of phone you have, you're going to hear, and some kind of a you know test. Why are they doing that? I'll tell you why. They're going to strike fear into the hearts of people. They want everybody to go, hey, hey, what is this? You know, because people are so busy at work and being insanely beaten down at work, if they even can keep their jobs, which, you know, we're all in that situation, so we need to be prayed for. Amen. But they don't know about these things. They don't have time to invest in any of this. They don't have time to read their Bible. They don't know anything that's going on around them. And um, when these things happen, people are going to go, oh, my, what was that? Okay. Remember, most people who are busy at work are vaguely familiar with the you know, nuclear Russian threat, but there really isn't right now. But a lot of people think there is. Now, could there be on very short notice? Oh, yes, hallelujah. Amen, there could be. All right, another headline up from Colonel Douglas McGregor. <laughs> 
due to the possible assassination attempts by, uh, by the Ukrainian armed forces on the life of Ukrainian President Zelensky, his security had to be on duty around the clock, said former Pentagon advisor Colonel Douglas McGregor. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, and again, I told you earlier about the Obama uh, cutting cutting a clandestine deal of giving $6 billion to Iran, plus another follow-up $10 billion to Iran for an, and a promise not to enforce sanctions. So you can do whatever you want to do. Senator Ted Cruz, by the way, published this because he was very, very troubled that it's happening. But it is. Ain't nobody going to do nothing about it. Did you know that the Morocco earthquake happened at... 11, 11 p.m. local time. Praise Jesus. That's an amazing thing. In a way, that makes me feel, because of the time, the local time being 11, 11, that maybe that was our Heavenly Father letting us know that that wasn't Obama and his evil weather control systems or harp or whatever. That was our Heavenly Father. I just, and again, thank you, Sister Paula, for sending it out. It was very... Um, vigilant of you. Praise Jesus. All right. Now I got this one here of Obama being humiliated by Trump. I'm going to leave that one go for later. China rewrites the Bible. Oh, man. I want to go ahead. I wanted to. Oh, man. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to mark this one for the future. All right. Never enough time to play these things, folks. They're re China's rewriting the Bible, folks. They make Jesus a murderer. Yeah. And there's a place that you can seed money called Bibles for China. Very worthy cause. But, of course, I highly recommend, uh, naturally, um, Brother Sammy Mwangi and Pipes International. Highly recommend. But if you have the wherewithal and the ability to uh, seed into multiple places, Bibles for China is a very worthy cause. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube videos of the people in China receiving a real holy Bible in Chinese, but they bawl like babies. They ball like babies. And there are more people giving their lives to Jesus in China than pretty much any country in the world right now. Owen Schroyer of InfoWars fame, the second uh, guy, the uh, sidekick of Alex Jones, is being sent to jail for six months, I believe it is. I don't know if it's 60 days or six months, I forget, for his role in J in uh, J6, because all he was doing was reporting the news. But it doesn't matter. They're going to throw you in jail. All right. This man uh, published this. I saw this, and this was deeply, deeply troubling to me. The man says, his name's Jared. He says, breaking. I have just been sentenced to 13 years in prison for my role in January 6th. I wasn't at the Capitol that day, but I was alive, and I may have liked the tweet featuring the guy with the funny goat hat. Man, this is wild. I thought my tweet was so obviously satire blasting the feds, seeing so many people sending me prayers and well wishes is crazy. I don't think they're silly for not getting the joke, but I just feel so sad at the level of corruption that our government has fallen into. 13 years, this guy, and he wasn't even there. Hmm. Now I know why the Lord told me to stop putting anything on Twitter other than the radio shows. All right, praise God. Next one up. Wait, wait, wait. Checking the time. Okay, next one up. The FDA has authorized a new vaccine for emergency use. It's the new one that's coming for everybody. Okay, and then, of course, I have another audio bite, which I'm going to forward to the next show. 15 billion nanoparticles of graphene oxide per, per shot. 
Okay, another uh, headline reads, Putin reveals a coordinated attack on power transmission lines by trained U.K. troops. So the Ukrainians that they captured were trained by the United Kingdom, and they were going in to take out the power lines in Russia. But the FSB caught them. And Trump is, well, I'm sorry, uh, Putin is very, uh, you know, not so happy about it. Um, the Berkeley Water uh, uh, Filtration Company is now filing a, a lawsuit against the, um, uh, the EPA, um, the Environmental Protection Agency, for the, uh, an attack upon them. Why? Because the Berkeley Water Filter Company dared to put a little bit of silver in their filtration systems to kill bacteria and viruses that could form in the filtration uh, uh, layers. How dare they do that, even though the NIH, NASID or whatever, the Fauci's old stomping grounds, so he could, you know, play Saint and incarnate on the earth and murder gazillions of people. Um, you know, unbelievable. But anyway, next one up. Russia, listen to this, Russian Black Sea Fleet attacked at Sebastopol. Okay, listen to this. Biden administration escalates the war with Russia. Black Sea Fleet, Fleet base at Sebastopol attacked overnight. Kilo-class sub, kilo submarines and other vessels damaged, according to witnesses on the ground. This is Pearl Harbor stuff, the analyst said. And then he put it in brackets, developing. How long will that go on? Mainstream media reports the deadly poisons at home in the COVID testing kits. And that's true. They're actually reporting on the mainstream media that they have detected a deadly poison inside the home COVID testing kits. And they're very troubled. And it's reaching the news affiliate stations at the local level. All right. So let's take a quick listen to this. And I'm going to bring on Tracy Shellman. Right. People who are receiving those free government-issued at-home COVID tests. The extraction tube in many of the kits includes a chemical that can be harmful or even deadly. It's All right, you heard enough, and that's what they talk about for quite some time. All right, Klaus Schwab, another headline, praise Jesus. Klaus Schwab urges world leaders to grant the WEF full government powers over nations. I listen to a little bit. I get sick and tired of his, you will eat the bugs nonsense. But anyway... I can barely stand it. Oh man, Matt Getz, I gotta. Oh, I'm gonna have to roll that forward. Oh man, thank you, Jesus. There's never enough time to do the news. I just need to get a lot used to it. But Matt Getz uh, basically spanks McCarthy so hard in the Congress on C-SPAN, it's absolutely brilliant. Because remember, Getz and Laura Boebert, the praise Jesus all the way into the uh, 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 government of the United States person. I, I told you about that. How I was seeing her on the tw on Twitter while she, while the votes were coming in, and she kept on going, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And then she, you know, promotes herself holding an AK-40 or, a, a, you know, a, a, an assault rifle in her hand. And I'm like, you can praise Jesus all you want, but if you got an assault rifle in your hand, you got another thing coming. And it may not be heaven. Why the people in the United States of Babylon the Great think that they have some sort of a God-given right to shoot and kill people because they live in this country, I don't understand it. They obviously don't read their Bible, and they have no idea who Jesus is. None. Oh, there's so much here. 
Hold on, I'm just scanning to see how bad it is. It's not too bad. I can clean this up and catch up on the next program. Let's bring on Reverend Tracy Shulman. Here we go. Hallelujah. Tracy, are you there? I am. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm well. Can you hear me okay? You sound fabulous. Awesome. The show yep. is fabulous. Now, I'm going to grab my little folding chair now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that little folding chair thing because I'm getting thirsty in my I can't. Okay, but oh, don't leave okay. me yet. Don't leave me yet. my mouth is so dry, I can't move my tongue. It's stuck to the top of my mouth. But I'll try. <laughs> but I'll get, just give me two seconds. First, the show is amazing. I don't know if I'm the only guest that's ever said this, but every single time the, the Lord knows, I'm always like, oh, she has to, oh, that's me. Oh, I have to come on because I want to keep hearing it. And I'm like, oh, no, don't bring the guest on. Oh, wait, the guest is me. But I'm so, I was so willing to go, no, keep going. This is good stuff. So that's number one. Glad to be here. Also, I want you to, I just want to let you know ahead of time that the things that I have, I've been working on with the Lord for the past few days. So when it just overlaps, parallels, and plagiarizes some of the things that you have touched on tonight, just know it was already baked in the cake. I'm, it, it just amazes me. We're talking about guns. We're encouraging for tribul, uh, for for persecution. We, um, uh, well, let me just give you. I'll let you get your folding chair, but I want you to go ahead and promise to be amazed at how much the Lord wants me to talk about things that you have already talked about. And so, therefore, when he says things two and twice, once, twice, thrice, confirms it in the mouth of two or three witnesses, people better pay attention because we did not collab today. Um, about these things, and so when people, are, when it sounds like I am a, the Amen corner, just know the Lord is saying these things through the mouth of His servants, those that will have an ear and are willing to hear things that may sound foolish or unreasonable or outside of normal church philosophy. So it's foolishness to them. But anyway, go get your drink and get out your chair, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from here. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, so so she's saying there was no pre-show corroboration, which is 100% true. Praise God, and um, and yes, it is. When whenever there is spiritual synergy in a message from two people who are not corroborating, um, yeah, it it really is very very important. And um, I I believe with all of my heart, you folks, you know, I harp on you. You know, I'm the closest thing to Leonard Ravenhill y'all I've ever met. Okay, so, you know, please take it seriously. I I know that you do pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. And the only way that you're going to do that is to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ, because the Son of Man hangs out on the city of Zion. Okay, he's up on the hill. He's behind the pearly gates. 
okay, where there is no shadow of turning because of the glory of God. All right, you got to understand. So when Luke 21, 36 is talking about, you know, escaping the things that are coming upon the earth and standing before Jesus, the only way that you can do that is if you are in the wedding supper. Hallelujah. And that ought to be one of our goals. All right, praise God. So anyway, I'm going to shut up now, grab my folding chair, and disappear into the background. It's all yours, Tracy. Hallelujah. So praise God. One thing I want to, hey, everyone, I'm glad to be with you again. My extended um, body of Christ, uh, true church, sanctified one, saints being saved, and um, hallelujah, the, the, the body of Christ. I love you all. I love the Tribulation Now audience, and I always love to come on and share with you guys. I honor um, the, the uh, head of the house, so to speak, Lord, I thank you that you do bless our brother John. Lord God, I thank you that his body is being restored. Thank you that things are going well with from him, with him and for him from knee to ankle, Lord God. I thank you from knee from knee to foot, Lord God, healing, healing and and absolute restoration in Jesus name and help him to submit to physicians and get that physical therapy in the name of Jesus. Go to PT in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One thing I do want to just kind of um, wax back over, I loved the line, if we must renew our strength, it might be because we can lose it. We often weaken. We often get weak. We 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 often, uh, you know, uh, why is Jesus a healer? Because we sometimes get sick. We can't lose our faith because a germ broke through or we had to go through this thing or that thing. And all of a sudden we're wondering, where is God? Did he fall off the throne? And, and we, you know, we, we start having a, a crisis of faith because we're going through trials and we're going through tribulations and we're going through hard things and we're going through sufferings. We're going to get more into that. But, but, but if we, why would we need a deliverer if we did not come under captivity at time or, or our minds captured or our faith oh how is he our hope the hope of christ in us the hope of glory if at sometimes our hope did not get deferred listen beloved he is the answer and the solution to all things but things we will have to endure so Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. Again, I say wait. You might feel weak, but you know what? You're not always weak. Sometimes you're on the mountain, but don't boast and don't get lazy when you're on the mountain and feeling strong because there might be a season of weakness again. So just be able to go go with the Lord as he ebbs and flows and leads you through the high places and the troughs in Jesus' name. And always remember um, Brother Peter's word to us, don't think it's strange, right, when you go through fiery trials, not pressure, not just pressure, not just fiery, burning things. What, what, what do we think about what we're, tr- we're trying to avoid the fires of hell, but if we have to go through fires on earth, it might feel like all hell is breaking loose against us. Maybe that's why fiery was the adjective, right? But I love it that in the original language, that word is as if something alien, not of this world, otherworldly, were happening to you because we have an onslaught from other 
worlds coming against us. So anyway, I just loved that, and it stirred me, and so I wanted to just be that amen corner right there. Now, I just got so Holy Ghost happy um, as I was listening to the first part of the show because um, I'm I'm bringing a message of encouragement um, uh, from two things that I heard weeks ago, right? And, and so I'm building this message. And two things. First, the Lord says, remember those who are in prison. So when Brother John is, I mean, he has probably tagged a jailing sentence or example or warning. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard in one show so much talk about people being jailed for everydayness and things that we very well could be involved in. So that just blew my mind. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But this is what the Lord said. Two things, and then we're going to unpack the scriptures that that those come from, right? So first the Lord said, remember those who are in prison and strengthen that which remains. Holy moly, glory to God. That tells me that we better shore up our foundations because there very well may be things on our own personal horizon that we would never dream of in a million years. But you know what? We're watching things happen to people on their horizon that's come upon them that we would never think could happen to anyone. And so we can't get numbed and dumbed um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, we're not the frog doing the backstroke on, in the pot that, well, we, 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 we clutch our pearls when we see these things happening to our neighbor or our countrymen and God, and even more so our brethren. And then as long as it's not happening to us, we just almost get acclimated. Listen, we, we've got to stay alert because the Lord says, remember those who are in prison and strengthen that which remains. So let's get into those two scriptures that talk about that. The first one is um, the first one is Hebrews thirteen three. Now I just want to read it to you in the Amplified, and we'll and then we'll carry on because it's just the Amplified delicious. The Amplified is not a paraphrase, just for those that may not be familiar with it. Just read, and I tell this to everyone: um, honor the Amplified. Why? Well, because a it is canonized. It is the New American Standard Bible with some strongs and some vines, you know, you've got the vines dictionary, they'll parenthetically put some synonyms and some definitions, and then you've got um, concordance will confirm with another scripture or back it up or bring it into context or uh, parallel with Old Testament. So the, the Amplified is wonderful. So if you aren't like... I was back in the 90s and the 2000s before, um, be, before you know, we really had the Internet and programs where we had to carry two Bibles, um, the big, ugly, brown vinyl Strong's Concordance that you could literally drop on someone and send them into eternity, along with the vines and the Nasopical Bible, and we'd carry a stack of study guides and, and helps and books. We looked like the, the little nerd in school, right? You couldn't even see our face because we had to walk into every meeting with a stack of books. Well, 
thank God for uh, the Amplified because the Amplified just what? Amplifies the canon. So it is not paraphrased. It's not even thought for thought or line for line. It is the most accurate, the New American Standard Bible, the most accurate translation. So that will help you a little bit. But listen, remember those who are in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner. Holy Lord in heaven. Mistreated, right? Remember those who are in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner, and remember those who are mistreated since you also are in the body and you also are subject to physical suffering. This takes our pray for one another to a whole nother level. Not only mourn with those that mourn, we're talking about Think, remember, pray, empathize, relate to, and tremble when you hear about friends, family, countrymen, brethren who are in prison and suffering mistreatment because you yourself very well could be where they are. You you yourself very well could be suffering what they, they suffer. We don't take the... The, the, we don't wipe the brow with the back of our of our hand and go, whew, better them than me. Whew, can you believe what's happening so far away from me? It can bear, it surely cannot uh, touch my neighborhood or, or touch my life or touch my tax bracket or touch my church or touch my denomination. Or t- Listen, we have got to remember those who are in prison, not just because it's holy and it's right before God and it shows that we have the heart of God and the, uh, the, 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 the mind of God, the, the, forgive me, the heart of God and the mind of Christ, right, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, the tenderness and the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. But we are wise knowing that if God is warning us, we need to know that this very well could and may very well in reality before it's all said and done, hit our life in a very real way. I think about, too, when I, when I think about remembering those that are in prison, those, and, and I'm not talking, and we're not talking about just your every, the, the average incarcerated. We're talking, this is a Bible, right? This is the Word of God written for the saints. This is about persecution. This is about end times. This is, well, and, and, well, their time. Their, it was the end time. It's been, we've been in the last days since the Lord was uh, uh, crucified, buried, raised, and ascended to heaven. From that time, we have been in the last days. Glory to God. We're, we're, and we're in the third day. Hallelujah. For those that at in any generation that would read this word, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a country where the Bible is outlawed or being a Christian is outlawed or major, you know, hotbeds of persecution and, um, and um, enemies of the cross, we're used to that. We are numb to that. That's for them, but not for us. But see, the first shall be last and the last shall the last shall be first and the first shall be last in other words it's we're all going to get our 
just our not our our up and comings, not so much that we deserve it, but we're ordained for it. It's everything that's going to hit in every generation. So remember those who are in prison and strengthen that which remains. Uh, let's go forward, and we're going to read that. Um, uh, strengthen that which remains. We're going to read that from Revelation uh, three two, uh, and um, Hallelujah. And this is the book. Uh, forgive me. This is the Church of Sardis that he's speaking to. Um, most of our Bibles will say something headed like, this is about the dead church, the church that's dead. Um, but we, it's, not dead for, it's not dead for days and surely stinketh by now because there is the admonishment to strengthen that which remains. So there is hope for the resurrection of this one. Um, dead by faith, in other words, if you don't pitch a change up, d- death is where you're headed much like if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Well, they ate of the fruit, and they were dead by faith. They weren't dead yet, and had, had there not been the, um, if there, had there not been a, a ram in the thicket, so to speak, for them, um, you know, the shedding of blood, the offering of a sacrifice, if there had not been a redemption planned, death would have been their portion and all of our portion at um, um to boot. So here we go. In the book of Sardis, he says, wake up. And I love when Brother John said, get the Q-tip and sque- squeegee out your ears and listen. Wake and hear. I love the way the Lord synonymously always just kind of synergistically um, blurs the line between eyes and ears. It's like open your eyes and hear what the Lord is saying. Glory to God. Listen and see what God is doing. Oh, glory to God. So wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains. Why does he say that? This? Well, he had just said, I know your deeds. You have a name, a reputation. You look like to the outside. You have a form of, of life, but in reality, you are dead. You have a form of godliness. And, and, I mean, the only ones that are alive truly are those that are alive in Christ. So you have a, a form of that. You have that form. You have a, a religious form. But in reality, it means where the Lord looks on the inward parts, on the heart, in reality, the motive center, the, 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 the true essence of the person, you are dead. So wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains of your faithful commitment to me. This is the thing that the Lord is screaming right now. You've got to, so let's just do, be a little, uh, let's do a little Hebrew and read backwards. Strengthen that which remains because remember, people are going to prison, right? Let we, can, can we just flip it a little bit and invert it or con, the, the, the converse of it, right? Strengthen what remains. Because what's coming upon the earth, what may hit your life, what's visiting your house, what's going on in your nation and in your state and in your city and in your backyard, you won't be able to endure and stand up under 
what's coming if you don't strengthen what remains because the form of godliness will not get you through it. The form of religion, the form of just being alive in word only. Hallelujah. Because, listen, only the ones, only the sons of God will stand. Remember, you know, being a church member, although praise God for the church, we love the church, we are the church, but belonging to a church is not the same as being a son of God. The sons of God, we'll look at that in a minute. So he is saying to us, remember those who are in prison and strengthen. Strengthen that which is remained remains of your faithful commitment to me. In other words, you still have the reputation that you're faithfully committed. You look like a praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, glory to God. But when you're when you're strapped, you're actually in reality dead. We're going to talk, curiously enough, we're going to talk about how the sons of God don't kill people to get to heaven, right? Another thing that we did not talk about today or yesterday, Brother John and, and I. But this is this is on the heart of God. This is on the heart of God because he does love Americans. He loves the whole world. He For God so loved the whole world. For God so loved America. But there's two truths about America. Although we are very special and God we were God's idea and, and all, all of those things. Do things go awry? Israel was God's idea. And just, you know, we see what where they went and how he responded. And, I mean, threatened with certificates of divorce. And, uh, and, 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 I mean, it's one thing that will cause God to forsake a people. That's one thing. That's idolatry. Once you start following after other gods, once you start loving one things or above them once you put other gods before him that that's 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 covenant breaking deal breaker he forsakes a nation because of idolatry so you have this reputation but in reality so strengthen what remains to the outside you look committed to me, but there's very little really left that's committed to me, faithful to me. In other words, it, your connection to me above all is 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 scarce and barely got a pulse. So strengthen what remains of your faithful commitment to me, which is about to die. Even that, I'm warning you. Because I don't want that to happen. I want you. I don't want this to happen. I, I I don't want you to. I don't want you to perish. So it's it's about to die because I've not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God, meeting my requirements. So remember, this word complete is is it, it the original in the original language is is um is synonymous with perfect and also mature. 
So, in other words, he's saying, you're not where you're supposed to be. I've given you the building materials. I've given you the goods. I've given you the milk and the meat and the water. I've given you the revelation and the prophecies. I've given, I've, I've given, I've sent the messengers. I've done all of the, I've shown the signs. And you should be so mature to this level right now that you have not complete you're not complete to the age of maturity in your deeds you're not where you're supposed to be you you should be teaching by now but instead needing to be taught you're heaping for yourself all of these messages and learning all of these new doctrines you let every kind of um slick talking you know, vacuum sales, vacuum cleaner salesmen into the living room, simple-minded ones, but you're never really coming to any maturation. I was thinking about this when I, 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 I had a conversation recently about, you know, witnessing and evangelism. How is it that we can sound so spiritual in the bless me club with steeples on the, on the ceiling roof? We can sound real deep and spiritual, and really all we're doing is regurgitating the last deep thing, the the rock star in skinny jeans with frosted tips blasted on TikTok. We can sound real deep as we are regurgitating something else, but we can't come up with hardly one we can't put two sentences together when we've got to save people busting hell wide open. Bound by the devil, especially if if those people are also under the <laughs> under the roof with the steeple on top, because we may have to snatch a brand from the fire next to us on the pew, and then wonder is the message of the cross that we're about to deliver to them or talk to them about is it going to be foolishness to them because they're so carnal they can't comprehend it while they raise their hands and sing praise Jesus with, with, you know, with smoke screens and strobe lights. And this last sentence of, he, of this right here, for meeting my requirements, there is a damnable lie, beloved. It's part of the Nicolaitan, although there's a, a, a lot in, baked in the cake of the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and one of them is that there is no requirement that 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 uh, grace is so hyper and agape so sloppy that there are no requirements and there will be no we will not have to stand before God and give an account while we watch all of our thoughts, deeds, words, actions, choices, directions, and even down to the motive of why we even do the best things that we do. The goodest of things that we do might have a motive that doesn't make it very, make it the goddest of things that we do. And so the thing of the matter is the Lord is good and merciful, and he, and, 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 and he hasn't condemned us to hell, or we wouldn't be listening to each other right now, talking to each other right now. But he is good to warn us because the time is coming, just like to the church of Sardis, he says, this is about to happen, so do this. And this is what I hear about the prison. This is about to happen. This is about to be the norm. Strengthen that which remains. 
because there are many people that will say, call me their Lord, and the moment they're threatened with poverty, prison, death, they will absolutely disown, renounce, back away, retreat, run, and tremble. You know, it's like I literally just had this, I just had this vision just just plop right in front of me. An armed man comes up to a, to a, to a person and, um, and it, we'll circle back with that. Remember, remember those who are in prison, strengthen that which remains. The encouragement of the day tonight is be prepared to lay down your life. Be prepared to go through a hard thing. Be prepared to get weak. It's okay. He'll strengthen you. Be prepared to be in pain or to suffer or go go through. It's okay. He will heal you. He will raise you up. Bow your head under Almighty God. Come what may and whatever he allows to come upon you, whatever relationships disintegrate, whatever thing leaves your life, it's okay. The Lord is in control, all of us who have surrendered all control to him. Hallelujah. Since Jesus, listen to this, since Jesus laid down his life, over 43 million Christians have been murdered. Another source that I was looking at cites over 70 million. I would like to know at this point, is do we have some bubble that says that martyrdom will never be a, por- a part, parcel, or portion of America or Americans or people in the West? To me, that is not only stupid, but it's, it's stupid arrogant to think that the Bible comes to pass for all humans except for us, and somewhere we have some clause some escape clause in our covenant that says not for you guys, though. It's just as ridiculous to think that when when the when when the um, when the Luciferians and the high up high officers of the beast system want to preach at us about global warming, what do we think? Why do we have to make all the concessions? Are we the only one warming the globe? And we we see that that's a a tailor-fit agenda. It's not about the big picture at all. It's the same lie that we tell ourselves that America will will never go. It's this tailor-fit agenda. So you mean everyone is going through, everyone is going through some form and many different forms of trials, tribulations, pressure, loss, imprisonment, death, and martyrdom on some level, suffering, but not us. Because we've got good insurance, we can get somebody to cure us, we can get a pill to pop about it, we can get some we can get a cream to numb us in that area, and after all, whatever it takes, make sure I'm not too hot, but I'm not cold. That I'm cold, but I'm not too hot. Make sure that, that everything goes easy. I want a life at ease. And the scripture says to the prophet Isaiah, Woe unto you who are at ease in Zion. Ease can be the enemy and the pursuit of it. We will go we won't 
give to missions, and we won't we won't open our hand to the poor, and we will penny pinch in every area, but we will give all of our money to the physicians as long as we think we can buy our comfort, our ease, and our protection from anything that hurts or stings or burns. A demon has preached that message to this nation. A a demon. A lying spirit, a lying spirit of prophecy. Check the Old Testament, God has it. Okay. Whether it's 43 million or 70 million, right? Since he's laid down his life, that's a lot of, 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 of martyrs. Thanks to, you know, books or publications, right, books, magazines, publications, newsletters. If you don't get the newsletter of Voice of the Martyrs, you should. But Voice of the Martyrs, um, uh, Christians in Crisis International, Center for Religious Freedom. If we would just for a second, you know, it's almost like we're turning our head and squinting because we don't want to see the head rolling down the street. We cover our eyes. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, that's too depressing. Oh, really? Well, imagine how the people going through it felt. But we're we're too dainty and we're too delicate to even look at what our brethren go through and are going through. And now we have people going to jail, prison, for things that being being an American has protected us from. I don't remember where I, 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 I fell off of the thought, and I'm going to circle back. Two, two things that we think about this, and I didn't finish the thought, but as Americans, and I did say, yeah, Americans, God's idea, got it. So this is the deal. One is that, um, that um, if you're born in America, you're automatically a Christian because America is a Christian nation. That is no longer true. The devil rightly boasted that through the prophet of, um, I think through the prophet, he rightly boasted that through the mouth of, of Obama. He prophesied, the devil prophesied, right? The Obama, when Obama stood up and said, we are no longer a Christian nation. We are a Muslim nation, and we aren't, right? And when he also talks about my faith, my Muslim faith, right, he told us a lot if people were listening and um you know, instead of being goo-goo and gaga enamored. But um, so one thing is that we are automatically Christian if we're Americans, not the truth. And also every right, everything that is a right in America is right before God. You have the right to bear arms. That doesn't mean that is right before God. Just because something is legal in America does not mean it's right before God. And so we want God, we want to shove our rights down God's throat and tell him, you need to get with the program. Uh, you're a little outdated. You're, you're, you're right. But now we see the very leaders in our government, uh, we can't even shove our rights down their throat. We can't even shove our right to freedom of speech. They'll put you in jail if you say the wrong thing, if you're in the wrong place, if you put a click on the wrong thing, if you like the wrong thing, if you stand on a plot of property on the wrong date, you'll go to prison. 
if you talk about something, if you out something. We can't shove our rights down um, our, our, our leader's throat, but we think that we're going to shove our rights down God's throat? We are stupid arrogant. That is stupid arrogant if we would look at Voice of the Martyrs, Christian and Crisis International, Center for Religious Freedom. Maybe we could continue to be stirred and upset. Maybe the bowels of mercy would be quickened in the way of remembrance. Uh, 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 yeah, we'd be we're stirring ourselves by way of remembrance of this one thing, but for the grace of God, that could be me. Go we. But for the grace of God, go I. But for the grace of God, go we. But for the grace of God, see what's happening in this nation? That, but for the grace of God, go America. Because America goes. Remember those who are in prison. Because but for the grace of God, go, go you. Strengthen that which remains. They also, these, you know, when we, when we can, uh, Fox, oh, that, there's another one, Fox's Book of Martyrs. I love, I, I, I love their, their volume. They have many volumes. And when you read these stories, it will absolutely stir you to gratitude and to prayer and, and, and to mercy and to humility and to fear, the right kind of fear. Not the pull the heads over head over my covers, pull the covers over my head. Fear of man. What's the scripture say? Um, do not fear man that do not fear man that can kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. But fear God who can kill the body and afterwards throw the soul into hell. Beloved, but for the grace of God go we. These organizations, publications, articles, if we, if they, they also give us a hefty number based on Christian population in hostile regions. This, this is the, the, the newest stat that I found, that 200 million. Now, we just talked about maybe somewhere between 43 and 70 million um, since Christ have been martyred, murdered, killed, not for. For the for being a Christian, for the word's sake, right? Martyred for God in some way. But this number is 200 million right now. In hostile regions, 200 million are persecuted or they are oppressed or they are in danger of jail or they are in danger of death. So they're alive, but they are suffering. 70, 43 to 70? Over the last two two thousand plus years, martyred. I think that number. I, I think that number is, is is bigger. But there's you know, if a tree falls in a forest and you don't see it, you know, right? That whole theory. If you weren't there, how could you know? Um. Uh, by the way, that's a fallacy. God hears it, and it does make sound. It doesn't matter if people aren't there. Not God's hearing. Angels are there. But anyway, two hundred million of your brethren, of your brothers and sisters, of your remember those who are in prison, remember those who are persecuted, remember, remember, pray for the saints, pray for your brethren, pray for everyone always, pray for every, pray, stand in the gap, 
think about others, get outside of yourself, get yourself off of your hands, quit being self-absorbed, quit being selfish, and just worrying about your four no more, my four no more, as long as bombs aren't hitting my house, as long as I'm not having a sneak to have a Bible, as long as I can, as long as I'm not taking my life into my hands by taking my children to the house of God or gathering them, they, they don't go to a church, they gather in their homes or you know, go, go to the gathering place, the synagogue together. As long as that's not happening to me, is it really happening? That's not, that. Oh, that's so sad. But please, you, please, that's not proper dinner conversation. Yeah, that's tacky. Let's not let's not talk about people being beaten. Two hundred million are persecuted across this nation. I mean, across this this world, in in hostile regions, oppressed. They are constantly in danger of being imprisoned. They are constantly in danger of death. So, you know, whether it's one or whether it's one billion, beloved, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And if precious to him, should they not, should they who are uh, also be precious to us, those that are in peril of death, those who are in peril of martyrdom? They're precious to Jesus. They're taking their life in their hands to serve them. We can't, we, we can hardly take our bad day. We can't take, you know, our bad hip or our bad hair day or our bad attitude or our bad, you know, our bad habit. We, we can't even hardly do it. But they take their life into their hands to serve our Lord and to call him God. If precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, should not precious in our sight be those who are in peril of death? Precious enough to pray for the persecuted Christians around the world? Precious to pray for the man, although he might be nuttier than a fruitcake with horns on his head that trapes through the capital? I mean, I don't know his story. He obviously wasn't a Christian. Uh, you know, he might be now. Uh, glory to God. Thank, thank God. That if people are in prison for unrighteousness' sake, let there be a revival behind bars. Let there be a revival of those that are there because they murder and they're because they gangbang and they're because they're uh, um, um, dr- drug dealers. Or you know, get Lord do something with that. Don't let them be there in vain, God. But beloved, they're no more wicked than you or I. Or they're no more. Uh, they were. They are no more wicked than you and I were, and they are no more in need of a savior than you and I are, and were and are, and they are in no. They are no more in danger of hell for their sins than you and I are, if we don't strengthen that which looks churchy, deep fried and churchified, but in reality. It's not mature and complete and active, and it does not meet the requirements of God. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Uh, by the way, strap on my nine or strap on my AR or take up arms. Listen, that crying Jesus is no different than the one that took a gun and held someone up. If we are to remember those who are in prison, is that not because now we're talking about Christians, the suffering, the righteous, 
that are unrighteous. Pray for those to be saved. But let's just get back to context. Is I have, when is the last time you prayed for someone or for those for those who are in prison for Christ's sake? Do we not have the mind of Christ? Can he not get those orders to us? What is being hijacked or how is his will and purposes and his heart and his desire, that which pleases him and where we are, what's, what's that, uh, that which meets his requirements, how are we clueless here? While we at ease put on our Sunday go to meeting clothes to the bless me club and try to out impress it, it, people with with our Stepford Christianity, paste on the smile, put on the flowery dress, tilt the hat to the side, and compare children or goals or achievements or possessions. While over two hundred million who are actually willing to die for him, whose faith is strengthened, who are meeting his requirements, could any moment leave this, their soul, leave their spirit, leave their body, and, and, and leave this planet, their life leave this planet. Holy Lord. Whether one, yeah, uh, oh, so I do want to go to Psalm 116 because that's where we find Precious in the sight of the Lord. And the reason the reason I want to, well, let's just go there real quick. So Psalm 116, that is where we find that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So if you have your Bible, you can go there. I have my Bible open there. But Psalm 116, I'll tell you, a, a, a psalm of praise. Um, for deliverance and from death. Now, scholars, theologians, they believe that, and it's lots of people write about commentaries, right? That um, David, is, that that David is writing this because of a terminal illness, and they they think that because of you know verse three, verse six, verse eight, verse verse fifteen, and and that maybe he had some terminal illness, and that because some of the lingo smacks of Hezekiah a little bit, and when Hezekiah had his terminal illness, but I, I, I don't ever get that anywhere in David's life other than at the very end, and we know that God took him on, and the little concubine late girl was laid next to him to keep him warm until he left, but I've never felt that David at any time in his life had a terminal illness. But what I think um, it's when his, what I believe is that his life was in danger and he was going through, he was being persecuted. His life was in danger. And I believe it is likely, although this happened through, you know, some bands of marauders and there's always, you know, sons did it and foreign nations did it, but I just have it in my spirit that this likely was when Saul, when he was at his, David was never more vulnerable to an enemy than when he was vulnerable to Saul. By the time he has other enemies, he's already king and he's got an army behind him and he's out in the open, but he literally was running for his natural born life. 
and that's what I believe about Psalm 116 um, is, is, is when Saul was after him. But l- let's, let's look at this. Let's see. Let me see. Do we want to read of it? I don't think so. Um, let's see. 12 says, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Um, so beautiful. So you can read that in your own time. We won't go into it. But it, it, whatever he was going through, I believe this is about persecution, oppression, and near martyrdom for who he was in God, his anointing, his call, the horn that that, uh, that Samuel poured on his head, the, the, the fact that God was with him and not with Saul, ticked Saul off to no end. That's why the devil wants to kill God's people, because God is with us and not with him. He was rejected. We were accepted and elected glory to the lamb of god so we are the davids right and um it's it's just fitting that verse one starts out this psalm it just sums the whole thing up i love the lord see when you love the lord you strengthen everything you stay strong When you are weak, you lay that weakness over on him and know that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. That when you have a burden or a care or a worry and stuff is coming at you, you throw that over and lay it upon the Lord. He's the one that takes care of business. When it says, cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you, that doesn't mean that he has warm fuzzies for you. It doesn't, I just really care about you, so cast your care. No, this isn't, this isn't so a water, care is watered down love, right? It's not that I care about you, it's he cares for you. He is your caregiver. He tends to you. He, as a good shepherd, is the source of water and the source of food and the source of protection and the source of guidance. He is the source of everything because as dumb as we are as little sheep without him, we could do nothing without him. As he said, you can do nothing without me. I mean, tight little sweet spot to get into, tight little vacuum, that narrow way to fit into. One, if you don't bear fruit, I'm going to hew you down, bundle you up and throw you in a fire, and by the way, you can't bear fruit without me. I mean, you got to get in the sweet spot of that because you can't fake that till you make it. You're not going to fake fruit. It's like, if you don't bear fruit, bear fruit, I command you to bear fruit. And if you don't bear bear fruit, I'm going to cast you into the fire. By the way, you can't bear fruit without me. Talk about being between a rock capital aura, right, the rock and the hard place, glory to God, is being commanded to bear fruit and having no ability to do it unless he does, unless he does it through you. Holy moly. You, that's why you've got to have it DNA coursing through your veins. Because fake fruit, artificial fruit, my mother had a, I'll never forget it, and I've used this, I've used this example because it's a memory 
right? As preachers, we have memories, and we use our childhood and all of our memories and experiences. You know, the old saying is, be careful, you might end up in my sermon. I remember we lived in Lakeland, Florida, and we had table from Micah, looked like wood, and um, and uh, there was this bowl of fruit. And it was the bane of my mother's existence that I would uh, – Plucked the little grapes off of the thing because where because I liked that I could bite it and then when it would you know suck in the air it would stick on the edge of my tongue or it would make a funny noise or it just felt good and I would or I'd bite in or I put teeth mark in the apples or do these types of things. Uh, what this is the deal? Artificial fruit does not satisfy. I've bitten into it. I've chewed on it. You can't even swallow it. It's not good for anything. Artificial fruit, artificial light will not do. Hallelujah. We cannot be sick men with light bulbs screwed into our head-to-toe life and convince God that we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. We cannot put a bowl of artificial fruit on our artificial wood table and tell God it's the real deal. I love the Lord. And he starts this off, I love the Lord because I know he will deliver me from my enemies. He hears my voice, glory to God. He turns his ear towards me. He rescues me. See, when we love the Lord, we will always remember that come what may, he is our deliverer. So no, if he is, so no, we don't have to, shoot our way into heaven and we don't have to steal our way into survival and we don't have to take these fallen world measures in order to survive something that God has ordained us to go through. In fact, it will cause us to look like we are something that we are not. I love the Lord. This is exactly what our Father desires. It's what he desired from David. He expects longingly to hear that when he intervenes in our in our lives for our good, that we love him. And the thing of the matter is, oftentimes, he'll intervene one moment, and we will shout the hallelujah chorus, and the next time we go through something, we're lamenting and accusing him of leaving us alone. We forget how much we love them. One, one miracle doesn't have last until the next need for a miracle. But he is the miracle-working God. He is still the one that can rain manna from heaven. He can make bo- uh, one uh, um, um, uh, uh, the loaves and the fishes uh, multiply. He can still make a coin. Uh, he can still make a fish, fish burp up money, burp up a coin. He can still make you invisible when troops are all around you and wanting to invade your home. And, yes, he can still be with you behind bars 
and he can deliver you. And guess what? He's still the one that opens prison doors. And at the midnight hour, instead of people mourning, uh, mumbling, grumbling, and complaining if they have to suffer, if you end up in jail, let me just tell you something. If you end up in jail ever, do this. Do not complain, but just at the midnight hour, start singing the high praises of God. You are either going to have a light being, a glowing one, an angel from heaven visit you, speak to you, encourage you, minister spirits, ministering spirits from on high, ministering to you, giving you instruction, orders, or, or encouragement, or he's going, to, or he will translate you. He still translates. He still snatches people bodily from one place and puts them in another. Why don't we see more of that in this? Well, we don't depend on God. We don't see a lot of food miracles um, because um, we don't depend on God for our food. If things get scarce, we get on food stamps. We're not real thankful for our food because we don't go hungry. We don't get translated because we use our modes of transportation uh, to do our own bidding and to run our own errands. We're not running the Lord's errands. And if we are and our car breaks down, well, we can't run them until our car gets back running. Or if we're supposed to be somewhere and the Lord lets our car break down, then we start picking them up and putting them down and say, well, you know what? I, I, it would really be nice if I had my car, but I don't have my car, so I guess I'll walk. Then you might see a translation miracle. You don't give them up. We don't give. We don't get in the pocket for the Lord to get give us a miracle. We're too busy solving our own problems, beloved. You know when God does miracles when people are desperate and in dire straits, but we can't get there. We can't. We 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 won't allow ourselves. We will kick against the goads. We will pull our neck against the bit the bit, and we will. Sh- you know. Sh- you know when someone tries to hug hug someone, you ever seen them? Ever seen them? Someone will come and try to hug, and they put the hands, they just push their chest away. God can't get our arms around us. We're too busy pushing him away. If he wants to embrace us with a, a with with, with a tri- tri- tribulation, if he wants to embrace us with trials, if he wants to embrace us with lack, if he wants to embrace us with 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 um with pain, if he wants to embrace us with a storm, if he wants to embrace us with we push him away. No, Lord, no, that's not of you. We'll re- we will rebuke God, calling him the devil. Oh, the devil is a liar. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm supposed to have everything I need when I need it exactly as much as I need it, and I'm never supposed to go with any, without anything. The devil is a liar, and it's actually God. God's a liar. God, it's with much suffering that you must, no, 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 forgive me, what's the scripture? It is with much tribulation that we must enter the kingdom. (laughs) The devil is a liar. Beloved, God wrote that. The devil didn't write that. And God is not a man that he should lie or the son of a man that he should repent. I want to turn to um, Ephesians, and there's, in Ephesians, there are some scriptures that that I kind of pulled out years ago, prayed them over my adult children, other Christians, 
that it, they're ju- it's just a little it's it's a mixtape. If you remember the '80s, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a mixtape, and um, I want to just read a, a few scriptures to you that that we could pray over ourselves and each other so that we can strengthen what remains and be ready to endure and ready to stand and, yes, wait on the Lord. One is Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory and of his inheritance in the saints. And they amplified that's wonderful. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to skip very quickly. That's something, Lord, Open the eyes of our understanding that we may be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and the true riches of your glory and the true inheritance that's that's found in the saints. Oh, God, that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened, that we might through your spirit in our inner man and in Christ dwell and and with Christ and dwell uh, that 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 your glory may dwell in our hearts and that our faith would be rooted and grounded in love. See, when our faith is rooted, that's Ephesians three sixteen. It's a great three sixteen. If our faith, if we pray this, then our faith will be rooted and grounded in love, and we will love the Lord and our neighbor. We will love the Lord. We will be able to fulfill the Shema, right? Love the Lord. You shall love the Lord your God. Oh, no, that's, forgive me. No, forgive me. That's the old hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord he is one. That's the Shema. Forgive me. And that go, and, and then, and you shall love the Lord your God. Yes, that's right. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? The Shema. But the Lord takes it further and says, and also Love your neighbor as yourself. Can we pray for those who are imprisoned and oppressed, those that are precious in the sight of the Lord, those that are dying or in in, in, in oppressed situations, in hot spots of persecution, hostile regions, and can we pray for those that are already tasting the first fruits of it in our country, and can we pray for one another that if it hits our reality, we will be able to stand, strengthen ourselves. And the next one, let's see. Um, yeah, Three, that's 316, 317. Um, if I go forward in Ephesians, I have this written, but it's written out in paragraph and in first, per, first person singular, it's it's Movetta. But I'm just flipping through here. Six, uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 19, that we would pray for ourselves that, the, that, that utterance may be given to us, that we may open up our mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which we are ambassadors. In what chains? Prisoned, and that we may speak boldly as we ought to speak. 
These are prayers. We pray for those who are in prison. Remember those who are in prison as you yourselves and, and are mistreated, as you yourself also could be in chains, and you also are in a physical body and in danger of physical abuse. Right? 16, 19, and 20. Beautiful. Better in the Amplified because it gives all the synonyms and the, and the and grammar tenses. But Let's pray for those who are in prison all over the globe for Christ's sake, that they would have access to the word of God, but above all, that they would have courage. How about this? How about we who have access to the word of God would realize we have no excuse to be uh, fearful and that we need to be in courage. We need to have courage in Used on the inside of us, not in the day that the that hell hits our that all hell breaks loose and and hardships hit our life. We need to go into these things walking tall and carrying a big sword. Are the body of Christ? We are connected to each other by the blood of Christ. How are we going to expect to have? mercy and help and miracles in the time of our trouble when, as we are at ease or things aren't hitting our life, we don't remember those who are going through those things. We won't pray for those who are in prison. Who's going to pray for us if we are in prison? If we don't pray for those who are being persecuted, who's, how can we expect? Are we going to cry loud then when, it, when we're persecuted? What would the Lord say? Why are you crying to me when you're hurting? You have never talked to me about your brethren who is hurting. You don't think he's above that conversation? You don't think he's above the weaving of the whip and overchanging, overturning the tables? In the temple, we are that temple, a house of living stones. We are a house not made with hands. We are living stones. Glory to God. We are his house. And we got tables that he would give and have the chance overturn on the inside of us. We got to let him do it. We got to let him do it. Because he's prepared. Why? Well, I, what? this is some kind of guilt trip because I'm not thinking about the persecuted church enough. Well, if it is, great. But no, it's so far beyond that because then that still makes it about us. It's not about us feeling guilty or us feeling bad or us turning over a new leaf and getting, you know, because we're stirred in our emotions, we're going to, you know, go do something. No, it's, it, it's not about us. It's so that we can strengthen that which remains, the deeds of commitment, so that we can get up to the age of maturation. We can be walking in the realms. If he has already drawn the plumb line and you should be in waters to swim in, but you're still at the plumb line ankle deep, you're going to have a Houston-sized problem. I'm going to have a Houston-sized problem. Even doing this and putting this message together, I told a friend recently, uh, maybe yesterday, I think it was, or today, or no, 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 it was yesterday. You know, they had written something about, oh, goodness gracious, it was a quote maybe from Ravenhill, a nod to Ravenhill. I think it may have been Ravenhill. I have to get it, but something um, about understanding what it feels like to not feel that you're, you know, 
that, that you're amazed that you're even saved, pretty much. And doing this message, I, you know, I, 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 it's not even amazed that I'm being, that I'm saved or be, or that I'm being saved. It's like I wonder, am I even in danger of hellfire? What could be get, what could be falling through the cracks of my attention? I want the Lord to show that to people in their fasted times. I loved what the the the, the thing that Brother John. The recording right there at the end about some of those I couldn't hear, and I really wish that I could um, hear better what they were saying. The last two, they were back-to-back. But one was about fasting and something about when a person is is in a a time of fasting or in a state of uh, fastedness, that when a virus hits the body, I think it said it can't replicate or it can't. that it can't something all I so the takeaway is this is when you're fasting it's better that if a virus hits you that you are fasting and that or we live in some type of regular state of fasting because listen beloved I am already going to the grocery store last night I walked into the grocery store in Florida and people are already masking up people are already in fear and Maybe rightly so, if you're going to go through these things without Christ, be very afraid. But the difference is, is we're going to go through things as well. The difference, I mean, the, the, the similarity is we're going to go through them as well. The difference is that we're going through them with Christ. So we don't go through them in fear. You can't be with Christ and in fear. You can't be in Christ and in phobios. You cannot. You cannot be in pistis, faith and be in phobias, and faith do not cohabitate, just like virus and fasting, just like hallelujah. So we're going to be in a time of fasting. I've, call, I've, I've consecrated a fast, called a, called a corporate fast um, for those in my ministry and connected to my ministry um, and really should be for the body of Christ if, if, they, if, if, if we were discerning um, for the 10 days of all. It's actually also because of an assignment that the Lord has given us as a ministry and a street evangelism thing we're doing on Day of Atonement, but he, the Lord wants us fasted up. But the, day, the, 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 the 10 days of awe, starting um, sundown on the 15th, is speak to trumpets, go through sundown of the 25th, which is Day of Atonement, and for those 10 days. Um, typically, we fast um, yearly uh, during the 40 days. It's a 40-day fast, and it's more of a Daniel-esque, although raw foodism is a big part of it. So it's raw Daniel. It's not, you know, we're not, it's not just getting, we're eating vegetables that we slather with oils, butters, and salts. It's not that. It's maybe they're raw vegetables, right? So fruits, nuts, berries, seeds, um, vegetables, and then milks and butters made from those raw nuts and seeds. And we do that for 40 days, through Elul and through those first 10 days of all. But the Lord said, this year you'll fast. You will not fast long. You'll fast hard. So it won't be a Daniel fast. It will be more of a all-water or liquid fast. So, you know, juices that you squeeze yourself or broth that you boil yourself or just water that you pour yourself, right? So it's a time of fastness. And I am praying that in this season of while we're coming out of Elul and into Tishri, right, that we see what's falling through the cracks of our attention, Lord. Let us self-reflect. Let us hear something that we're not. And this is a part of it. Here we are in the month of Elul. 
you know, month of Elul, and the Jews have a, a saying about the month of Elul. It's, oh, and I'm over time. The month of Elul is we're back-to-back now, but soon we'll be face-to-face. And, um, and, and so, but self-reflect, self-judge, grind up the golden calf, drink the powder, mix it with water, drink it, and, you know, let it go down and taste them, see what's bitter in my sight and let it hit your stomach. So this kind of message is a, a very much a lull in preparation of the days of all message, in, to, in pre- preparation of fasting. Um, so I am not finished with what the Lord has given, but I do know that I'm over time. Am I not, Johnny? Um, Um, You've got like um, 16 minutes, um, but if you close with a prayer, then it's probably 11. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take that 11 and I'm going to close with a prayer. I'm going to, is that okay? Yeah, amen. Okay. So we are commanded to carry the gospel of peace, right? We are commanded to share the gospel, which is the revelation of the Son of God. We are going to be the le- to be at least rejected. We're going to be the most persecuted. And at the very worst, we're going to be martyred. And we've got to get this in our head. And we've got to put down our weapons. Many say, oh, I can't go through any suffering. I, I just won't say anything. I'll just keep to myself. I'll just be a quiet Christian and me, me, stay to my own business. There is no such thing as that, beloved. In verse 10 of Psalm 116, I believe, therefore I spoke, was quoted by Paul. It, it, well, David says it in 116, right? Beautiful. And it's uh, precious inside the Lord, the death of his saints. He also says in verse 10 that I believe, therefore I spoke. Do you know that, that there are people going to prison and will go to jail because of them speaking the truth? Even if it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, it's just the truth of, of the beast system or the deep state or the shape-shifting reptilians or the, the, the fallen or the government. But how much more when you start speaking about Christ? I just won't speak in that name. Well, well, you won't be saved by that name, then, beloved. There's no such thing as, as this. That is not a good strategy. He, Paul said, I believe, right? Paul, uh, he took that with, um, himself to, to encourage us New Testament believers to carry the gospel. Who were, they were constantly near dying because of persecution. And we have gifts, and we have abilities, and we have you know, special things that God has given us that further his will and further his purposes. And do you know there's only one out of every ten Christians that even gets thought of what is my purpose, my, 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 my destiny, my calling, what are my gifts, my abilities, because we have no interest in laying down and dying to self in order to pick up uh, spiritual things so that we can do the will of God in this hour when the workers are so few. People are being martyred for just sharing the gospel. They're willing to do it because, like Christ, the joy set before them, just like the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We won't endure awkwardness at the Thanksgiving dinner table when someone wants to pray to Mother Earth. We just want to be quiet because it's just not, you know, let's just not rock the boat. If we, if we will, if we pray and have strength, we will have strength. We, we will be able to escape, escape the things that are coming on the earth, Luke twenty one thirty six. 
But we will not be able to escape this, that it is with much tribulation that we must enter the kingdom. And that if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. We will not escape that, beloved. That it's not for someone else. It's not like you do the heavy lifting. Listen, nobody likes anyone who is got gunfire being flung at them, and then they throw someone else in front of them and let them get riddled with holes while they use them as a human shield. We can't just use other Christians as human shields to save our own necks. That's gross. That's really gross. Today's Christians have long lost a component that the persecuted church has already apprehended, and that is an intimacy and a oneness with God that that will, with him I can do all things and endure all things, that he causes me to triumph, that I rejoice in fiery trials, that I count it all joy when when all hell is coming against me. We are called to be like Christ in this hour, which is when the storm is hitting, when there are civil, a civil unrest in our country, when all hell is breaking loose, we step up out of the boat and say, peace, be still, and take authority. We don't take up our guns. Jesus was not kidding when he said, do not even resist an evil man. So if the people of God are being attacked in this in this area, how will we even in the ability to trust God when all hell is breaking loose, and it is about to in this country, how will we be any good to the world? How will we be workers in the har- harvest if we are trembling under our sheets and the only ones coming out from under the sheets, are they're not afraid because they're, they've got firearms, they're fighting, they're shooting, they're cutting people's ear out ear off out of fear. Jesus has not changed. He still says, put your sword away. Quit cutting people's ears off. Just be like me. Stand and say, peace be still when the storms are whipping and wailing. And if I don't respond in the way that you are expecting, it is because your race is over. Or maybe I'm about to do a miracle. Maybe I'm about to send an angel to stand between you and a marauder, or a or a or a, a shop or a not a shoplifter, a um a you know a, a purse snatcher or a or a, a a school shooter. And and because you stand for me, that's when the one with, that is about to do the worst sees an angel uh, defending a saint, and he falls on his knees, and he gives his heart to the Lord, and look what you have won instead of that one busting hell. But I'm telling you, there's just more to this. And, and getting into Zechariah, I wish I, I wish I could go further because the Lord is, I've just been taking dictation, and it just didn't fit in the one hour and a half. But, um, you know, Maybe I'll have an opportunity for part two. But let's pray and close. And this is what the the Lord gave me um, for our for our, our parting of ways, and that is the prayer of St. Patrick. And I'm going to pray it a little differently. I have it printed out. And I knew the Lord wanted me to pray this over, uh, over us, right? Um, so and over others, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you for this time. Though I 
could only get out a portion, Lord God. I, I, I pray that it goes downward and bears fruit upward and, and that an opportunity to release more of what you have uh, put in my spirit, Lord God. But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Lord, I thank you that from this day forward, when we arise, we will arise in the strength of heaven. We will strengthen that which remains. That when we arise, we surrender to you, to your strength to pilot us. We expect, Lord God, for your might to uphold us and your wisdom to guide us. We look to you, Lord God, that you go before us, you see us, and you hear us. We thank you, Lord God, that from now, from this day forward, when we rise up, your word, we are expecting to hear your word speak to us. We will not fear, God, because we know your hand is guarding us and that nothing but your way lies before us, and wherever we shall go, your shield protects us. We do not have to protect ourselves. You protect us. And that you give your host to save us afar and anear, whether we're alone or whether we're in a multitude. And, God, we pray for our brethren and everyone that we, and even those sinners of this world, that, that, that they see that you are with me because I know that you are and that you're before me and that you're behind me, that you're in me, that you're in us, you're, you're beneath us, you're above us. You're on our right hand. You're on our left hand. When we lay down, you're with us. When we sit up, you're with us. And, Christ, God, we, we pray that, that anyone that thinks about us, whether they know you or not, that you would flood their heart just because they think about us, that you are so in us and we are so in you that when people think about us, that Christ, it opens up the door where you can come into them and deal and maybe convict their heart. Lord, we pray that you and the, you are in the mouth of everyone that speaks of us, in the heart of everyone that thinks of us, that they see you when they see us. So you're, therefore, in the eye of everyone that sees us, and that you're in the ear that everyone that hears us, and that they would not hear us, like First Corinthians 1.18, that, that they would not hear us, but they would hear you. Because what foolishness, the wisdom of God is foolishness. The gospel of the cross is foolishness. Let them hear you, O God. And let us arise a day and strengthen that which remains, almighty God, the Lord of all creation. And give us the wisdom and the strength and the power and the mercy and the compassion to remember those who are in prison. And that we would, Lord God, put us in right standing with you, and that we would surrender to the zeal and strive and press and crave and seek and learn to be more like you, Jesus. You are the obedient one. You are the holy one, and you have called us to be holy and to be in right standing. If we're not in righteousness, in right standing with you, we cannot be made holy. I thank you, O oh God, for every listener. I thank you for Brother John. I thank you, Lord God, that you're protecting him on the, every day on his job. I thank you that you're giving him insight and, and God ideas, and you're, you have given him the anointing of a problem solver. 
we can all claim that we are problem solvers and that if we would side with you who is never wrong, forgive me, if we would side with you who is always right, we would be seldom, more seldom wrong. God, let the power of the cross be laid across our souls. We thank you. We praise your holy name. Anything that I've missed today, God, I pray that you would supernaturally download it and quicken it to the hearts of my brethren. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wow, what a powerful message. Even while you were, uh, uh, you know, sharing it, um, one of the listeners had written and said, Man, I'm convicted. I got to make some changes in my life. I was like, well, praise the Lord. You know, I just I just sent a couple of smiles back. Yeah, you know, hey, man, you know, I, it's, you know, it's a constant, It, you know, like I try to explain to people, and it's not an easy explanation. It isn't. The, the process of sanctification, you know, has been lost in churchianity. Um, you know, there's this mindset that, you know, any given, you know, gathering or church or whatever the case is has, you know, come to some place of, you know, imminent uh, salvation, imminent rapture. There's this dynamic in, in, you know, American churchianity, evangelical churchianity, as it were, where, hey, you know, we're part of America, we're American Christians, um, you know, um, you know, I, I, there was even a testimony of a, of a, of a person in Syria where some missionaries had gone up into, a, into a camp, you know, it was like a, it was like a little, um, it was like a little tent camp where they were rescuing people who were uh, being bombed out from the houses that they were living in and stuff. And they were they were in that little encampment, and some missionaries went in there and one and and were preaching Jesus to to the various people. And one of the Syrian women looked up at the missionaries with tears rolling down her eyes and said, "Jesus isn't for us. He's only for Americans." You know. So this there's this impression that we have given off as a nation that we're in, we have, we have entitlement. And what's yeah. interesting is the opposite is what is true. You know, when, yeah. when I forget the name of the individual, but there was this pastor who um, went across the demilitarized zone from North Korea and, and escaped, came over to the United States and told everybody that the North, the North Korean Christians pray fervently every single night what you know they have to sneak steal out in the night and at two o'clock in the morning try to not get shot go into caverns and they meet and they pray for american christians because we're so spoiled they know that so many of us aren't going to make it um and so it uh it, it's just a powerful you know we all need that powerful awakening we all need to realize that just by virtue of showing up at church and pumping a collection plate jumping around running up and down the aisles with flags doth not make uh, a person worthy yeah. of the rapture. It, it, it isn't like that. The sanctification process is achieved by those of us who realize in our heart, in our spirit, that we've been kind of like duped into this false sense of security by virtue of showing up and sitting in the pews and doing that, you know, giving that little $40 in cash a week. And that is just not how it works. And what's fascinating is the people that really love the Lord, but you know this, they will frequently, very rarely, you know, they'll break free. Now, I'm talking about typical churchianity. They'll break free from it. 
they'll get away from it because the Lord will lead them away from it. And then that's where their sanctification actually begins. That's when they start to grow because, you know, they're really seeking God on their own. You know what I mean? And that's where they're rebuilding the temple. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, you know, you'll relate to this because we both had major mile marker moments with the Lord um, in 2011. <laughs> Things started. You, you, I think you started the radio show in 2011. I started Transformation Fellowship in 2011. That was 12 years ago, and the Lord quickened me to um, Zechariah about, um, you know, Zechariah, the most messianic uh, prophet of the Old Testament. And he prophesied in a time when the people of God had been brought into captivity to Babylon, like we have. And they were given the task to rebuild the temples and the altars. And But because of constant opposition and constant attempts to halt and all these just disruptions and rebuilding the temple, it brought like a trifecta of issues. They became apathetic. So those that were given to rebuild, they became apathetic. It turned apathy turned to discouragement, and before they knew it, they got so preoccupied with other pursuits that were easier that 12 years passed. And the Lord quickened to me and said, "It's been 12 years since it, you know they shook off their the, they shook off their responsibility." And He says, "Get back to work." And get the get the house that I want done done right. So there was an anointing to do that. And I was thinking, twelve years ago, for them, well, twelve years ago for me. I mean, we have assignments, and there are things that now at this twelve twelve year marker, uh, it's like the Lord is saying, people are apathetic, people are discouraged, people are preoccupied. It's time to get to business and get back to building. The, the, the temple, the, but not a temple of uh, not the church building, not the denomination, not man's kingdom. Build the house that I am the head of. Right, amen. And and just to add to that, so one of the things I try, and it's hard, you know, it's re- it's very hard because you know amidst the news and everything else, I have very little time to help people understand some of the dynamics that I've gone through. But um, and we've all gone. I think all of us, to some degree, have gone through. But for me, you know, I, I tell people all the time. I I beseech them. I, I tell people that the word beseech basically means to beg. I'm like, please yeah. understand that it's a process. It never ends. The refiner's fire. You know, you're going to get chastened by the Lord when you're bouncing back and forth between. The narrow path and stumbling over the guardrail. That's when you get chastened. You get smacked upside the head to get you back on the narrow path. But once you are doing a pretty good job of walking that narrow path and Jesus is holding you steady on it, that's when the fiery trials start to hit. That's when you're going through the refiner's fire. It's a blessing to be in the refiner's fire, but it can also be kind of discouraging because you yeah, you come to a sure. place where you recognize that you've got to be looking over your shoulders all the time because you have a target the size of Texas painted on your back. And um, it's, a, it's a very hard thing to continuously examine yourself and beg, beseech God to help you overcome every little thing that you just sense in your heart that just isn't exactly what it needs to be for the Lord. You yeah. want to walk as close into that perfection, 
You know, that Ephesians 5.27 perfection where Jesus comes for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish. That's a tall order. That's very tall. And so we've, you know, as it says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians um, 11.28, 31 and 32, you got to pull out the part about the uh, about them dipping into the um, sacramental wine early. Um, you take the context out of that, and you learn something very powerful, where it says that if we would examine ourselves, we would not, you know if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Yeah. But because we fail to judge ourselves, we are chastened by the Lord that we would not ultimately go you know end up in hell. But once you progress past that chastening point where God's taking you behind the barn constantly and whacking you upside the head, uh, my favorite uh sound effect, ow, kind of thing, <laughs> then now you go into a whole new phase and it's the refiner's fire. And that's where you really got to beseech the Lord for a lot of help and and uh yes. it doesn't come quick. That's the problem. We all want a Burger King burger to be handed out the door. Oh, Heavenly Father, I have this desire to do X, Y, Z, and LMNOP, and I need you to take that desire away from me. You know, And then we want to wake up the next day and, we, and the desire is gone. We want to have it happen by Friday at close of business. You know, And it's not how it works. It's like, uh, it's, it's like Abraham and Isaac and lifting that knife up. You got you to gotta believe. You got to be willing to wait. You got to get up and praise. You got to be the persistent widow in Luke 18. You never stop praying. You never stop praying. You be you bother God. You keep on beseeching him over and over again. I need help with yeah. this issue. Father, I need help with this issue in the name of Jesus. Yes, Please, yes. Father. Please, Father. And then the next morning when you wake up, your feet hit the floor, you raise your hand and you say, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, that you are helping me do this. I know this this is coming. I know you're going to bring me out of this trial and, and, and this behavioral pattern. And look, if, if I had, I know I say this a lot, but if I had a dime for every time I had to do that for myself, I'd be doing this program yeah. from a beautiful forty-foot yacht off of St. Martin, but anyway, you know how it is. It, 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 it's and then it's one thing after the other, isn't it, Tracy? As soon as you think you've gotten to a place where, oh, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh my gosh, man, that was hard. Oh, oh. Well, that's why we're well, so thankful to understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it's not you know, just good the, you know. Hey, Johnny, because, uh, you know, when it, the scripture says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, that is fixed. That's immediate. That's present tense. But then there's two scriptures that that have a continuum, continuum that I love. One is the scripture that says um, that um, we are being saved. And another one that we are progressively made holy. So we are yes. the righteousness of God, but we are becoming holy. So we're not all the way complete and holy. You're right. Set apart, sanctified. We're not perfect yet, but we are being perfected in that in that perfect or present participle tense means it's happening now, but it's it's happening in the present, but every present is happening and it's continuing to happen. Same with asking, keep on asking, knocking, keep on knocking, seeking, keep on seeking. We are the righteousness of, of of, of God in Christ, but we are being saved and made holy. So that is a what you're talking about, the process, and it never ends. But the good news is 
the closer we get to him, the more light he shines on things. So the fact that he's convicting us tonight and the person that said, oh, my God, I feel this, I'm feeling that every day. But it's not a, oh, wow, I feel that frying pan, although I could, but it's almost like I'm close enough that he, I can see this. His light is shining this on me. I'm close enough that he can whisper in my ear about this. This is a good message because when you get close enough to the Lord that he can talk about the gory details, you're in a good spot. He will not let you fail. Wow, and you use just the perfect words, the gory details. You know, I'll tell you what, that, that just hits that ball out of the park and bounces off the next state's ballpark. But, yeah, no, um, absolutely, it's, it's, it is a challenge. You've got to be willing, you know, you really got to get on your, your, you know, especially men. You know, if you're a single man, you know, and you're trying to live a celibate lifestyle for a long time, you know, kind of like me. Um, you yeah. know, you let me tell you something. That that is that's that is from a DNA standpoint. That is exceedingly difficult, and um, yeah. you need to really get on your knees and you need to cry out to the Lord because, you know, it, it, you you will not. Like I mentioned on the show, I forget who it was with now, Doug Nabbit, I can't remember. Oh, goodness gracious. But anyway, um, I, on one of the shows, oh, I remember it was with Sister Elena. I said, I said to her, you know how I knew I had arrived in that regard? Was, that, was when the actual thought of being with a woman was repulsive. Once I got to the point where I absolutely wanted nothing to do with it at all, Okay, I was like, "Thank you, Jesus! I've been delivered." You know, it's like, oh, "Hallelujah!" You know, so um, you know, it's 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 a it's a very tough, challenging thing. Whatever it is that that is that you're struggling with, I don't care if it's smoking yeah. cigarettes, I don't care if it's using cuss words, you know, now and then. Like I, I've been really practicing super hard to use the word fudge, fudge it, fudge it. I need something, you know, that will work for me, you know, and so I'm like really working super hard. Fudge, 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 fudge. I want the next time, next time I hit my thumb with a hammer, I want to be like uh, Evan Almighty in the movie <laughs> where he goes, I got an owie. I got an owie. I got an owie. You know, I, you know, that's what I want. That's what I want to get to, you know, and I think that's part of the journey. We just identify the weaknesses. Get on your knees. You know, that was one thing I didn't like about knee surgery because I had to go. I had to go so long without getting on my knees. I hate that. Um, I love your example of the, of the repulsive. It's not just the the drugs or a woman. I mean, it, everything is wrong if it's not for us. So so that so right. for a for a single person being with someone is fornication when no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven but i love the word repulsive because at the end of the day it's an overarching word doesn't matter what your thing is it's that displeasing the lord hurting god grieving holy ghost must be repulsive to us that's that word for me hits it out of the park we have to be repulsed by anything that causes us to grieve the Holy Ghost, sit against our God, disobey our Lord, or to crucify again the Son of Man. I, I, I love that. That's a great testimony. It's, and, and your response was very well said. And it's, it's iterative, folks. So what you do, and I've said it a gazillion times, and I know Tracy totally understands this as well, and I, I think most of the listeners do too, you, you, you soul search. You soul search. 
we are to examine ourselves. We are to think about all the things that we think about and ask ourselves, is this right? Is this pleasing Father? Father, will you reveal something to me? Will you show me? If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. By the way, I don't like the next verse. That's uh, James 1, 5, folks. I don't like the next verse. I never read that next, the, the next verse. And you know why I never read it, Tracy? Because I know, dog, dog, I, I, I don't read the next verse because the way I look at it, I already know what it says. And so what I say is, I say, Father, you know I have the faith. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on my knees right now asking for that wisdom. I don't need to be reminded that, you know, that I'm like a shit being tossed to and fro, you know, and, and let them think that, you know, you know, you're not you're going to receive anything from God. I don't need to be reminded of that. You know, I say, Father, I'm on my knees. There's tears in my eyes. Like King Hezekiah, as it says in Second Kings 25, 20, verse five, I have seen your tears and I will answer you. Yeah. This is why James 5.16b says the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous man avails much. Okay, it, we are to be praying fervently. We are to be seeking God with great desire. Let every man seek yeah. his own salvation with fear and trembling. There is nothing easy about this walk, and it's a continuous process. You iteratively identify things that you feel might not be right or might not be. Might Look, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, if that's the number one commandment. If you can't say beyond any shadow of a doubt before God with absolutely, you know, on your knees in the morning, 4 o'clock, 4.15, 4.30 a.m., talking to the Lord alone, not a sound in the world, not even a bird tweeting, on your knees, anointed with oil, and you say, Father, I love you, and you mean it, you're not even complying with the the first and greatest commandment. You, you know, that's your starting point, to fall in love with God. When you fall in love with somebody, you want to know what what color of carnation they want or what color, what type of flower yeah. they like. You want to read their mind. You want to make them yeah. so happy. You know, it, it's like puppy love. We got to review. We got to go back in our lives and remember when we were 12, 13 years old and we found the first person that, that we got puppy love crush on. And all we wanted to do was read their mind, get them gifts, know what they wanted, Talk to them and, you know, sitting Spend on the phone with, with those black – remember that? The black rotary dial phones where everybody yeah. in the house would pick up the phone. You'd hear this click, and it's like, Mom, get off the phone. And your mom yeah. would go like – Dad would say, you get off the phone. Knock that stuff off, you know. And you'd be sitting there with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, and you'd be like literally breathing at each other for hours just because you wanted to be in the presence of that person. Can you imagine having that kind of love for your father? Oh, because that's the scriptures asking for. Yes, yes, yes. It pleases. Oh, Lord, do it in us. God, do it in us. God. And by the way, folks, if you think if you think that any of the stuff that we're talking about is easy, <laughs> oh, no. or free, or free, <laughs> my, my, my water went down the wrong windpipe. <laughs> Sorry. 
If you didn't get and any of this stuff, it's not easy and it's not free. It is not. It is really hard. It takes a lot of dedication. And I'm sorry if I sound a little choked up right now, but I really am. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, thank you, Tracy. Powerful message. Very, uh, very Leonard Ra- Leonard Ravenhill esque. I praise God for it. We all need a you know <clears throat> a swift kick now and then. I certainly have needed years of swift kicks. I admit it. I'm the first one to raise my hand every single time. I am uniquely qualified to encourage you that you can, if you go slow, like the tortoise and the hare story, don't go running, don't go running into a place and sit down on the pew and think that you've arrived. Be that slow-moving tortoise. Slow and easy wins the race. Seek the Lord. Take your time. He's ready to help you. Fall in love with God. Every day you get up, I love you, Father. I love you, Father. Remember, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. I love you, Father. I really, really love you, Father. Love you, Jesus. Sing to Jesus. I have told you you're my hero. You're everything I would like to be. If I could fly higher than an eagle, you are the wind beneath my wings. Sing it to him. Light a candle. Take communion. Sing it to him every Glory day. To God. It'll change you. It'll change you, folks. My God. Believe my God, my God. This wasn't instantaneous in my life. This took years. And I'm still not even there. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you, Tracy. What a powerful message. <clears throat> God bless Amen. you. I'll leave you. I'll leave you with the quote. It wasn't Ravenhill. It was actually Spurgeon that I had, that, that it just, I had saw it. I had seen and loved while other, he said Charles Haddon Spurgeon while others are congratulating themselves I have to sit humbly at the foot of the cross and marvel that I'm saved at all and that's the humility that we, we that, that we walk in hallelujah thank you for the cross that's why it says God saves such as has a contrite spirit God saves such that have a contrite trite spirit. The whole purpose of the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee was to for Jesus to say, look at the Pharisee. He's raising his hand and saying, thank you, God, for choosing me. Thank you, God, because I'm going to heaven. Thank you, God. I praise you, God, because I am just all that because you chose me. While the tax collector has tears gushing out of his eyes. His head is hanging low. He feels utterly, absolutely, utterly unworthy. He rents his robe. He cries out and he says, please, please, Jesus, please forgive me. Please let me come to heaven. And Jesus points over to him, to the tax collector, and he says, that's how you all need to be. He points to the tax collector. Now, take your tired, 
Heinies, <laughs> which I have one, and go into an evangelical church and figure out, are you looking at Pharisees or are you looking at the tax collectors? My God, my God. But, but anyway, it's it's part of the learning experience. When we come to realize, like Isaiah did, that, you know, we're unworthy. We are inherently unworthy. We practice righteousness, First John 3, 7. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as Jesus is righteous. He who practices. You know what? If you practice you're automatically not righteous. You're practicing righteousness. I love First John three seven. It's, it is so yeah. telling. But anyway, thank you yeah. so much, Tracy. I, I know I've been thank dragging you, this God. on forever. But, I love, you know, no, I, I love my and bless you. Court, oh no, God, thank you very much. Yeah, I got a really uh, challenging morning tomorrow. So praise Jesus for that. So anyway, thank you, Tracy, so much. It was such a powerful message. Okay. I just praise God. You. Please, Thank people, you, please you. send this around. Send, send the links. And um, we will see you at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, 7 p.m., Lord willing. I'll be tuning in, well, as I do every Friday. <laughs> if, I, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not tuned in, I listen to the replay. By set, by, uh, the first day of the week does not hit that I have not listened to it at least once. So um, praise God. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Yeah, Thank you for your service. Uh, same to you. Praise Jesus. All right. God bless you all. We'll see you at seven. We'll see you at seven p.m. Friday night. Willing. God bless you. Thank you for this. Pass this around, there, everybody. God bless you all.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.